in a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Good Lord, we got the beats of beating. What's up, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor. They call me Tony Dunn sometimes. Don't call me by my name, though. Talk about my game. And that's the C3 Panthers Podcast, where we are the longest-running Panthers podcast who will never quit. Never quit. You can call me Auntie Cam if you want. But we're here on Tuesday nights, chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinions. I do it each and every week with my homeboys, Cody Lashney in the house, my friend, sad day, tip of my cam hat to you. Um, good to hang out with you, but not under good circumstances. Yeah, you know what? You can call me pro-cam if you want, because no matter what happens, I am pro-cam new. But uh, hey, man, listen, it's a, it's a dreary day. Um, I put in the chat room. Uh, it doesn't feel right to be a five and three football team and feel this bad and upset and depressed around news regarding your football team. But um, that's that's the scenario that we find ourselves in. But listen, man, we're gonna get through this together, and we're gonna do it with the best Panthers fan base on YouTube. They're already coming in here in droves. Underground West, Legacy Land, Michael Hart, Joey Esquivel. Candy, who I might still put in timeout just for the sake of it. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The Bat Daddy in the house, Greg. Um, I'm thank. I'm so thankful. I was listening to your podcast, and you guys were talking about good uh, movie sequels, ones that um, were just as good or relevant as the first one. And I was so happy because I thought it was going to be a travesty that you guys, that you finally brought up Terminator 2. Yeah, you know, whenever I went through my original list, I had about 20, and I was leaving that one out there for somebody as, as easy bait, and nobody took it, so I had to mention it after everybody got done. But what's going on, fellas? Uh, it's been a crazy day in Panther Nation, and I'm so tired of Cam hater, haters coming up to me today and talking trash. I'm so glad I can surround myself with Panther fans, Cam supporters. Let's talk a little football. Yes, sir. All right, guys, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're here after the games as well. we got the post-game show. A lot of calls coming in tonight. The the numbers 252-228-5098. We've got a great show for you tonight. I mean, obviously the focal point will be Cam, uh Cam the man and his future in um in Carolina. And that's what the title of the show tonight is. Uh Carolina without Cam question mark. Uh, you can be go, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Smash the thumbs up button. And don't forget, look, I got my I Stand With Cam t-shirt on. We will always stand with Cam. Uh, I want you, and There's a few for sale. There's a, like, a limited amount still on the website. You can find the link in the show notes. And don't forget to call into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. We've also got a game to look forward to. The Carolina Panthers go to Green Bay to face Aaron Rodgers, who they suffered their first loss. And we've got the guys from the First and Gold podcast, Dave and Jay, coming on at a half past the hour to interrupt our um, our sorrows and, and start talking about what we do have to focus on, the game coming up. Let's go ahead and get into it, guys. Let's do a couple of minutes uh, about Cam. 
Your thoughts on the news today. Cam Newton is placed on injured reserve by the Carolina Panthers. And, um, you know, it's something that we we saw that could potentially be coming. and But we have not known whether or not Cam would return this year. And this seals his fate that he would not return this year. Marty Herney said this, quote, uh, For the past seven weeks, Cam has diligently followed a program of rest and rehab and is still experiencing pain in his foot. He saw two foot specialists last week who, who agreed that he should continue the path prescribed by the team's medical staff and that it will likely take significant time for the injury to fully heal. We have said all along that it's impossible to put a timetable on this injury. Nobody's more frustrated with that fact than Cam. He's one of the fiercest competitors I've been around for during my 20-plus years in the league. At this time, we decided that the best decision to reach the goal of bringing the foot back to 100% is to place Cam Newton on injured reserve. So let's talk in the short term, guys. What does this mean for the Carolina Panthers this season? Obviously, it means that Carolina will not be um, expecting Cam to return. He is done with the Carolina Panthers this season. We will turn our focus to the future. But in the short term, Cody, what is the meaning to this um, where, where are you at on this, I guess? Well, one thing is for sure, we're definitely going to see what Kyle Allen is made out of. Uh, we have to go to Green Bay, and that is a stiff test, uh, even though they just lost to the Chargers. Um, I mean, listen, I, you know, I said at the start of the year, and I didn't want to say it out loud, even though it was how I felt. I just had this sneaking suspicion that we were watching the end of something when it came to this Cam Newton thing. And everyone knows I love Cam Newton. Cam Newton brought me to this football team. I would not be the football fan that I am today if it wasn't for Cameron Jarrell Newton. That cannot go unsaid, man. Um, So the fact that now we're having to wonder, uh, I mean, it's just such a convergence of all these different issues. It's Cam Newton is cheap to let go. At the end of the year, um, you're talking about a 30-year-old quarterback that has been injured a lot the past two seasons in a row. Um, we all know what he is capable of doing when he's healthy. Uh, but as much as we love him, we just don't know what what his status is going to be. You know, I, like everyone else, would love to believe that Cam Newton is going to come back and and be the quarterback that we want him to be. And I hope that's what happens. I hope that they give Cam Newton another year after this one to show everyone that he still is the player that we all believe that he is. But um, I'm not very positive that happens. It just, I I don't know. There's so many unknowns right now that it's it's hard to uh, give an accurate assessment of the situation. What does this mean for the immediate uh, Greg for the Carolina Panthers. That's really tough to say, man, because I mean, really for the immediate, there's nothing we can do right now. We're in the best position we can be in. We know Cam's not coming back. Kyle Allen's playing well. Uh, we can't really do anything other than that unless you want to put Will Greer in, but there's no reason to pull Kyle Allen because, in my opinion, he's playing just as good as Jake DeLome did the year he took us to the Super Bowl. So, good. My question is, is this, is why does um, this, in in some ways I think you bring up a good point, is at least this brings a sort of clarity to the rest of the season, right? Mm -hmm. Is you can focus on what you got, you can kind of try to 
eliminate not a distraction but the the idea of potentially Cam coming back. You have a, a certain degree of of certainty right now of how to proceed. You do have this interesting question of Kyle Allen and what you have in Will Greer, what the plan was for Will Greer in the first place. Was it to really see if this guy could take over in a couple of years? Or um, I, I just don't know if you can truly and fully believe that Kyle Allen would be a long-term solution. He might be a solution. Obviously, he is the solution for this year. But the question going forward is, is he any of the is he the solution for next year if Cam Newton was not to return? Why, guys, has the conversation changed? Why is that or immediately shifted to Cam Newton no longer likely not going to be a Carolina Panther again? Let me now. This is Scott Fowler, someone who has never been a Cam Newton fan by any means. I could I would say he wrote a piece for the Charlotte Observer today that said Cam Newton shouldn't play another game in a Panthers uniform. And that's hard to say. And he came out and said that the Panthers should release him next year. Why has no. the conversation gone from this is that Cam Newton is not going to be playing for the Carolina Panthers this year, but why have people already moved on from Cam Newton as just even the potential quarterback for next year? Not a long term. Huh. You know, I mean, I, nobody's saying right here that it's time to extend Cam to a five-year deal. And I don't think Cam wants to try to negotiate a five-year deal under the pretenses that he's been injured for the last three years. I think Cam ideally would like to come back next year, ball out, and get paid. Now, but why is it that the pe- people, Cody, have just decided that it's time to move on from Cam altogether? Uh, because everyone has short-term memory, and everyone mm-hmm. has that what-have-you-done-for-me-lately mindset and mentality. And, uh, you know, now uh, going into the 2000 season, the last time that we have seen a vintage Cam Newton that was um, winning football games was 2017. And if you want to count that early 2018 season, you know, it's, it's, it's going on some time now. And, you know, uh, knowing how much, I mean, listen, we've all seen how much damage Cam Newton has taken. I mean, mainly it's been, a lot of it has been from inside the pocket and no one wants to say that. Everyone says, Oh, it's because we ran him too much. We ran him too much. Well, at least you have the ability to control what happens when you're running that fast down the field. Whereas when you're behind the pocket, I mean, you're getting annihilated. Those have contributed to a lot of Cam Newton injuries. And I feel like, you know, like I said, the confluence of the amount of injuries that he's had and the contract being an issue coming up literally after 2020, um, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, and let's listen. Let's let's call a spade a spade. A lot of our fans don't like Cam Newton, and I think that's something that we all have to be very honest about. As Cody. much as we, as much as we love Cam Newton, there is a large contingent of fans, of Panther fans, that just do not like and have never liked Cam Newton, and have never believed in him. And at this point, I don't know what changes their mind. Cody, your um, your connection is not terrible, but go ahead, bounce out, and come back in real quick. It's a little uh, choppy, and I okay. bet you that will clean it up. Greg, um, now uh, Cody does bring up this fact is that many people just didn't like Cam Newton. I've I've said this before 
Look, Cam Newton obviously is some sort of polarizing figure. Why he is that, I have not necessarily understood. But, you know, there are people who spark a certain uh, feeling in people. You know, you become, like me, infatuated in love with Cam Newton. Others who are the opposite. You saw this, you know, President Obama sparked this kind of polarization. Donald Trump obviously sparks this polarization. I don't understand exactly what Cam Newton has done to to deserve that polarization, but it does exist. Why is it that people, have you ever, and I've said this many times, have you ever heard of a football team where the fans did not like their best player in team history? I'm back, and no. And now Greg's, for, uh, Greg's kind of chopping like now. Am <laughs> I? Yep. You leave and come back. Everybody's leaving uh, and coming I'll... back. Cody, why why in yeah. the world would people this is the one thing is that even if you are ready or if you believe, how about this? Is the real question is this? Is that should Carolina start think start should they part ways with Cam Newton in desiring a new future, right? A new future era. I think that's a legitimate and very tough question to ask um, and to answer. But the idea that people act like he wasn't a good player for Carolina and that wasn't even and like, and it's been years and years since we've seen a Cam Newton who was contributing to this team just completely befuddles me. Today, before we're going on in the show, on Twitter, people are sending me crap about this. One guy is comparing, he sends me a screenshot of Andy Dalton's statistics compared to Cam Newton. And and like is so that stupid. like as you you found a quarterback who has a similar um, percentage completion percentage? I think they actually have similar win records in the regular seasons. I'm not entirely sure, which is strange to me. I don't know how that's even possible. Go back. And well, look Dalton at it. has never won a playoff game. Right. Exactly. So there's but that. Who in the world? In what world or what universe were the Bengal? If you asked any Bengal fan. If you could have had Cam Newton for the last eight years, would you have rather had him than Andy Dalton? In what planet and universe yeah, no. would they say no that they wouldn't want that? So why are we on this weird planet and universe where Cam fan, where Carolina fans act like Cam wasn't uh, the heart and soul of this team for the last decade? Well, so you can take his detractors and divide them up. So then there are the racist dirtbags that don't like him because he's a flamboyant black man. That's one of them. Number two is they look at the talking heads and what they say, the Colin Cowherds of the world, the Stephen A. Smith, and they look at the numbers of you know passer rating and, and all this, all these other stats and minutias, and they hold that against Cam Newton, even though you and I have been telling the truth for a long time that Cam Newton has had to elevate a rather lackluster Panthers offense for a long time now. And then when they finally do put talented pieces around him, now he is no longer um, of the right health to be able to utilize that talent. So uh, it's it's a little bit of everything, man. People, um, you know, they, they confuse the forest for the trees, and right. they don't see Cam Newton for the what he has had to do here in Carolina, rather than just judging him based off of stats alone, which is unfair to him to do 
I think that there is uh, some real. Cre- First of all, I've said that there is some real credence to the racial bias of black quarterbacks, right? And while every year that wanes uh, because of people like Cam Newton, because of people like Deshaun Watson, it still exists. It exists in indirectly, in, well, uh, indirectly or subtly, lying underneath when you hear guys that he's a great athlete, that's great running quarterback. But then you have people say his frivolous, like we were talking on the internet, the frivolousness style, right? And I do think now what I think you're seeing is really, and people don't know that these beliefs exist in them. They don't recognize it. And I'm not saying that I'm perfectly objective in life about all complex social issues, but I think you're right. has something to do about Cam Newton's confidence is is that like he's not deferring still enough for them. And yeah. and it's that uh, that, you know, the idea is something maybe threatening to that to some people. Hey, before we go on to the cat calls line, I want to remember that I want to remind everybody this. If you're trying to head to the game in Green Bay or you're like CK and I are going to go to the next home game versus the yes, Seattle Seahawks, a lot on the line for both teams in that game. And you want to get a ticket uh, and a seat you like for a price you like go to Vivid Seats. The Vivid Seats app, you can download it. It's super simple to um, to operate and to find any event, not just football events, and get a ticket there. They have a rewards program, the Vivid Seats rewards program, that rewards you for credit. You get credit back for purchases, as well as if you use the overtime promo code, uh, that is the overtime promo code, you'll get a $100 discount on your first, up to $100 discount on your first ticket price uh, purchase. Don't forget, go to the Vivid Seats, the vividseats.com, download the Vivid Seats app, and use the promo code OVERTIME. That's promo code OVERTIME. And I want to keep, a, well, I was going to make a joke about another commercial I hear all, all the time, but that's all I got. CK in the house. Hey, CK, what's up? You're going, we're going to the game. Hey, man. Um, we're going yes, to that Seahawks game. We're excited about that, but what we are not excited about by the news of Cam Newton. Real quick, your initial thoughts on the Cam Newton situation and the news today before we go to the cat calls. Uh, obviously, it's disheartening. Um, you know, one of the parts that I think is interesting, if you follow the riot report, Josh Klein just wrote an article about how it made no sense to put Cam Newton on IR. Made a lot of really good points. Like, you know, hey, listen, if you are planning on uh, there is no harm in keeping Cam Newton on the roster. Let's say that something happens to uh, to Kyle Allen. Well, now you have Will Greer, and most likely they're going to probably re-sign Taylor Heineke. With this news, is the 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 buzz about the the you know uh, the reporters on the uh, athletic and uh, on the Riot Report. But you know, you don't want to leave uh, this shut this door completely and it was just a really big surprise to me after reading that after hearing what ron had to say about uh cam newton saying you didn't hear that from us i don't know who's telling you guys that you know and then all of a sudden next day comes back and does this it's just a really interesting uh turn of events obviously and we knew it was a possibility but uh i think there's a lot of people who are avid cam newton supporters who uh are in a bit of a denial and maybe were for a while about what we were going to be dealing with, and uh, we're here. And we're why? Living it. Why did they put him on IR if it doesn't make sense? Honestly, it's the thing that I fear, and I think a good point is, I think the organization loves Cam Newton, 
but I also realized that if if he came back and he just did not do well, they're not going to get value for him as a trade. They're not going to. He's not going to be able to sign a lucrative contract in the exactly. offseason if it's cut. I mean, there's so many different things that you know. If you want to think about from the organization, not only just the business in that they care about Cam Newton. Honestly, I think they truly believe they're doing what's best for him, rather than throwing him to the to the wolves in the playoffs when he hasn't had a chance to even play anybody of a lesser caliber while healthy. Do you, you think know? he asked to go on IR? See, the problem is, is that that's the fear I have. They said that it was a discussion that he had with his family and his advisors in Atlanta. You know, you start to think, okay, if this was a decision that he made, what's going through his mind? Does he think yeah. he's going to be back this year? And have they been honest about the future with him? And and if that's why he believes that this is the avenue he had to take. My concern um, I is, I is that he didn't want to come back in the end and potentially re-aggravate it uh, and not yeah. look great and then get cut potentially by the Panthers and then not have a lot of value coming out, you know, yeah. in the free agent market. I think this is probably the best uh, for scenario for him and, and his potential return to football. I think the real question continues to linger will he have surgery, right? And if he has surgery, I think the timeline is getting too tight. It's getting really tight, in fact, um, to come back next year. And the Liz Frank surgery is a full-year recovery. I've heard longer. And I also know this is that – but the doctors, two doctors have suggested he continue the same path, rest and rehab. We'll, we'll continue to get into this. we got some guests coming in. I do want to remind everybody you can be a part of the show by calling into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's get into calls and see what the fans got to say. I'm sure they will lead this conversation where we need to go. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like and a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose that kid that can use one. What up, T3? Ryan from Tuxin, Arizona. Um, my mind is blown because I never thought I would come to a day where I agreed with something that D'Angelo Williams said and disagree with yes. something that Steve Smith said. Absolutely crazy. Steve Smith first threw some shade on Cam Newton by stating to, I think, Deion Sanders or somebody that in an interview saying the playbook has opened up more with Kyle failing to acknowledge the fact that a playbook would become smaller for any quarterback who can't throw the football more than 10 yards. That's one. And two, criticizing the receivers who week in and week out since Kyle has been playing has bailed Kyle out of some really bad throws. Yes. Okay, um, Jacksonville's one, one instance where he threw the ball to D.J. Moore, and D.J. Moore had Boye, who's in an elite corner in the league, all over him. Somehow D.J. Moore jumped up in the air to catch the ball over Boye's head and come down with it for a 51-yard reception. Even in the 49ers game, uh, even though we got our butt swooped, Samuel had beat the coverage deep in the end zone, and um, Kyle simply just missed the throw. And he had a couple of those yeah. in that game where 
where Samuel beat the coverage and he just missed him the throw wide. Same thing happened in Tennessee. Um, Curtis Samuel made a great catch in the end zone for his touchdown for a ball that was kind of floated up there. Also, to go with the fact that the spectacular sideline catch that DJ Moore has made, and these guys are consistently making sprinkles of plays in every single game, belling Kyle Allen out with off-target throws. Um, one of them, the big one to me, was uh, the possible 80-yard bomb that he could have had uh, Curtis Samuel when he was even with the safety and he beat his coverage on the corner. And instead of it being an 80-yard touchdown, it wound up being like a 32-yard reception because Curtis Samuel was running back to the ball to catch it. So to Steve Smith, I got to say, ISO, man, um, I'm losing some respect for you, bro. Uh, the only thing you were ever good at was playing football on the field. You were never really a good team player. Um, first couple of years in the league, you broke one of your teammates' jaws, and you broke Tim Lucas's nose on top of that while he was kneeling on the sideline because he was being too physical with you in practice. I lost a lot of respect for you, and I'll put you in the same category as James Williams, man. So Panther fans might be salty about that, but Ooh. best receiver in Panther Shots history, in fired. my opinion, and just my opinion, you don't have to take it, is Musa Muhammad. Class act. Great receiver, great teammate. Some, something Steve Smith wasn't. He was spectacular Dang. on the field, Hall of Fame receiver. The outside chalk lines. Just... Uh, he's got the next call. We'll go on to it. So 55 seconds. And to repeat my last statement, on the field, Steve Smith, you are nothing short of spectacular, but off the field, you're just a mess. Poor, poor analytics. You speak what comes from your mouth, and that's pretty much all it is. But at this point, the last three or four things you said about the Panthers have been absolute trash and inaccurate. And it's honestly kind of disappointing coming from what Panther fans view as one of the greatest Panthers of all time. So, Tager leaves the comment. I don't really care. I'm just a little bit salty towards C. Smith because somebody with his stature and his influence and his name in the community to just come out and say stuff that's totally inaccurate about a team that it was best in him and vice versa. Kind of lame. Uh, it's it's really lame and really disappointing. But anyways, keep up the show. Love the show, guys. Keep pounding. I'm out. You know, to build on that comment first is that, you know, Steve Smith, I think he's been a pretty, you know, if anything, is, is Steve Smith is, is certainly entertaining as an analyst, right? Is that he has the, he can talk junk like he's always been able to, he can say those things in a in a way that seems joking, that comes after guys. But I, to be um, fair to the caller on this, because I know a lot of people be unhappy of any ill words said to Steve Smith, is today he came on WFNZ and was very upset about Panther fans telling him that he was a hater when it came to DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. And then he continued to talk about how he had five Pro Bowls and these guys haven't even had 100 catches in the league and things like that. And I just feel like this is that Steve Smith, we all know you're a great dude. Like, I mean, here is that I'm surprised he, he feels it ne uh, the necessity to remind everybody that he was a great Panther. Uh, I think you got to tune out the noise, Steve Smith. And maybe he is, uh, like the caller said, a little bit buying a little bit too much into himself at this point. 
I think there could be some credence there. Let's go on to the next. Is you guys got anything to say about the Steve Smith? I know that you want to talk about D'Angelo, Cody. Yeah, D'Angelo. I mean, listen, a broken clock is uh, kind of, uh, you know, it's wrong twice a day. Or it's right twice a day, you know. Uh, and Steve Smith, uh, not Steve Smith, D'Angelo Williams uh, went on uh, first take, and he echoed a lot of the sentiment that um, that we have been saying on the show for a long time. It's like these efforts to – build up Cam Newton and put talent and put pieces around him. They've only happened recently. And then when you had a healthy Cam Newton at the start of the year last year, you, you saw the best of Cam Newton. But no one wants to remember that or think about that. So um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And when it comes to Steve Smith, uh, you know, I don't love him on every issue. He was a badass player, but then there are times that uh, I don't know, it just comes off as too mean and aggressive and holding his opinion above everyone else's like it comes from God, you know, and that that's, I, I don't know, I think that kind of puts people off. Um, so I understand the sentiment. He was a great player, but not all of Steve Smith's opinions are the best. Today's quote on WFNZ was um, a... Um, a Mercedes never has to hate on a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> and that's what he was referring to. I don't, I, you know what is, I feel like this is what Steve Smith should just be the take the high road here and say that you understand receivers and you're, and you're talking about this the way you see it rather than having to throw these two guys under the bus continually in the process, right? Is that they are still young players they're still developing. It's too much to, you know, is that you called them out in the last week. They responded. I think then we should move on. But to continue to harp on it uh, shows that, you know, it's just he's always been salty about stuff. And uh, the problem is, is that D'Angelo Williams, I, I don't agree with D'Angelo Williams' comment, though, is that, I mean, I do think that, uh, I think that, um, they have asked. They haven't asked Kyle Allen to do too much, but I also believe that um, they know. You know, what I mean, is that what? I don't know what he's really trying to say. Is like, what did we want a Cam that didn't do more? No, like so. I don't really like. Of course, we wanted Cam doing all of this, and we don't expect Kyle Allen to. All right, we got our guests coming in in just a second. I want to go ahead and remind everybody that if you want to get in on the action, it's not too late. You can go to mybookie.ag, the most trusted sports book in America. We've got a segment later on in the show with Rafael Esparza where we're going to talk about the Lions. You can go and you can bet on uh, the the Charlotte Hornets, who I think were making it a tight game. I just looked at the score. It was very tight. Uh, you can Who covered last week for us or for me. And on top of that, you can get on, on the Panthers action, who right now are five-point dogs heading into Green Bay. I think that might be some so a soft number for Green Bay. I hate to say it, but to pick up uh, that that might be a bet that I would make a, to, for Aaron Rodgers to come back and get back on track. You can bet PGA, NASCAR, soccer, more. Don't forget to use the promo code Overtime at mybookie.ag. That's the promo code Overtime, where you play, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, we've got a couple. We are going to break from the Cam Newton conversation for just. About 15 minutes and talk about we do have a we do have a season to continue and we have a game upcoming against the Green Bay Packers 
And uh, guys, we've got a special group of Packer fans and podcasters in tonight from the First and Gold podcast. Dave and Jay are here. Dave, I see you. Jay is around too. Welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. Hey, thank you, you, brother. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Jay, and tell me a little bit about your guys' show and introduce yourself to the Panther fans because you know that you're going to get some follows from us and, uh, and the people in the chat room. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, okay, cool. I get to go first. Awesome. All right. No, my name's Dave. I'm the host of First and Gold Podcast, guys. Thank you for having us on. So our show is about to teach people the how and the why of football, not just Packer football, but football in general and everything from basic NFL rules all the way up. So we're that's what we're about. And Jay's the producer of it. I'm the host, but we're partners on the show. We love talking about football in the sense of trying to teach people the right way without basically trying to have anything beyond the regular banter, basically trying to anything, anything getting personal or anything like that. It's just, it's not needed. We love, we love the banter, but we also love the teaching aspects of it. Like with the how and the why, which I was mentioning. So we cover all of NFL. We are trying to expand anything into NFL across the whole board so we're definitely open to a lot of stuff right now all right awesome well we're going to get into uh, the green bay packers match of the panthers heading to green bay we've got a big panel tonight my co-host cody lashney is around we've got ck on the mic and greg here so we're just going to pepper y'all folks with questions until you got to go right now the green bay packers are coming off a loss a really uh, a surprising loss right Last week against it was the Chargers. They go on the road. Yeah, the sunny, <laughs> the sunny weather of L.A. or the good weather, um, you know, sobered them. Or actually, they probably enjoyed it too much. And uh, they just could not get anything going offensively. And the Chargers do what the Chargers do. They win a game that they're not supposed to. And they will lose for the rest of their lives ever in the fourth quarter for the rest of the season. So where are you guys at after this first loss of the season by the Green Bay Packers? Second loss. Yeah, I'm going to let yeah. you have this one, Is brother. Is it a second? Yep. Second we we loss, are yeah. now seven and two. Okay. Thank uh, you, Greg. Four, four, four and one out of our last five. But <laughs> uh, I will say this. Um, in, in the preseason, I predicted this. All the other Packer coverage people out there, everybody else had us a slow start and then finishing strong somewhere like that. I looked at the trends of uh, the Sean McVay in his first year, the uh, Kyle Shanahan in his first year, and several other, Doug Peterson, uh, you know, Mark, Rick out there in, in uh, Indianapolis. They have a common trend to come in and kind of light the world on fire with their offense, but they never had a quarterback as prominent and as consistent as Aaron Rodgers. And so I really thought they were going to start out. Now, I had them losing back-to-back games in Kansas City and to the Chargers. I had them going 11-5. and five. I've got them now going 12-4 and four because I was not expecting, obviously, Patrick Mahomes to go down and them to beat Kansas City. The Chargers game didn't surprise me. And on our matchup show last week, I basically picked the Chargers to win, and I said, Devontae Adams coming back could not be any worse at a time for this team. Because I felt like, and I compared it to, like the Lakers finishing the final six weeks of the season without LeBron James, 
making it to the playoffs when they had to win a lot of games, and then him coming and get back for playoff game one, and the whole thing kind of falling apart because instead of him just reintegrating himself slowly, they force it back on the superstar. We saw that with the Packers. Exactly what I thought. First three plays, shotgun to Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams. They punted. He was the most targeted wide receiver. They didn't target, and they're they're running backs who are averaging over 20 targets or 20 touches per game between the two of them. They were completely discombobulated because their superstar wide receiver came back, and their defense has been porous because that defensive line is not doing their job. So this one did not surprise me. I was mad as a fan watching it. Don't get me mad. Wrong. Stop taking notes. But at the end of the day, I, I kind of saw this one coming in, so it doesn't worry me at all. Every good team seems to have a stinker or two. Look at what happened to the Patriots this week. Hey, fellas, this is Cody here. Uh, I want to thank you both for coming on the show today. Um, and first, I want to I want to uh, you know uh, touch on a little bit of what Dave said to start out. I echo the same sentiments. I love the X's and O's of football. I'm a real football nerd. So anytime you can find people that are putting out content that that are trying to help you learn about the sport that we love so much, I'd love to support that and shout that out. So I'm glad that you guys are doing that. But um, but my question as a Panther fan to either one of you, whoever wants to field this question, um, the Carolina Panthers uh, have a pretty good running back. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Christian McCaffrey. Um, and Might yeah, maybe, maybe maybe you've heard of him. Maybe a time or two. I don't know. Maybe a time or two. But um, it, it appears as though, at least on the surface, that if you're going to be competitive against the Green Bay Packers, you're going to run the football. You're going to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. How, um, how worried are either of you that the formula to beat in Green Bay has kind of been put out there, and, and now in the back half of your schedule, there are teams that are uniquely equipped to exploit that deficit in your game plan? Go ahead on well, this one, Dave. Well, you know what? The, the plan is out there for beating us on the run defense. But we were also lacking some depth there, and we were switching some stuff around with Mike Pettin. He was adding in some different elements, and unfortunately it hasn't worked out. So the the blueprint is there for that. I'll definitely agree the run defense needs support. There's some guys that, like I said, Pettin has put in that need to come out. But there is a guy that just came off of the pup today, Ibrahim Campbell, that really did well for us last season. He tore his ACL. Played well in Petten's season, uh, his system, even in, when he was in Cleveland. So he's he's been there in Petten's system, and I think he's going to make a difference not to stop Christian McCaffrey, but to hold him. We know Christian McCaffrey's going to go off. I have no problem admitting that. One way or another, he's going to rush the ball. He's going to catch the ball, touchdowns. I just feel that if you limit Christian McCaffrey enough and try to put the ball in Kyle Allen's hands, I feel like we have definitely have a chance of winning. I just feel yeah. that there's no stopping Christian McCaffrey. That's what it is. Unless you're San Francisco. Yeah. Or no, Tampa. Yeah. Didn't stop him. Tampa's Tampa. the only team that's stopping him, yeah. But he still had two TDs, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he yeah. still found yards, a way yeah. to still make an effect in the game. Like, okay, he only rushed for 50 yards. He still had two TDs. That's 14 points he still put yeah. on the board there. So he will affect the game one way or another. In any standpoint, there's no stopping Christian McCaffrey. It's more 
the Ben you don't can't break stop model. Him, you can only hope to contain yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> we have the utmost respect for Run CMC guys. Oh, oh, guys, we we a few years ago, we were we were hoping like hell the draft pundits were correct and he would slip somewhere in the twenties. Because can you imagine CMC and Aaron Rodgers? Oh. I mean, <laughs> don't want well, to imagine well, uh, like, yeah, we're, like the we got lucky that y'all decided to be smart and just overdraft him, even though <laughs> running backs are not drafted yeah. that high. I'm usually. still trying to imagine Cam Newton and CMC, let alone freaking yeah. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and CMC. Go ahead, yeah. Greg. <laughs> hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, Greg, hey, what's going on, bud? Nice, nice to meet you, man. <laughs> So I got a question that's that's going to be more of an opinion-based type thing, and I kind of want to get a point of view of some Packers fans uh, rather than just hearing it from everybody else that aren't Packers fans. Uh, I per- I personally think Aaron Rodgers is one of the best throwers of the football I've ever seen. I'm not trying to deny that. He's a great quarterback. But there is the stigma around the league that he's the NFL golden boy and that he gets a lot of calls his way. And I can honestly say I see a lot of times calls that maybe he gets a hit or a pass interference, something like that, that another quarterback might not get. For, at, being Packers fans, do you guys recognize or acknowledge that at all? Or do you think that's just a bunch of hubbub from people who are upset that he beat the crap oh, out of I'm going to jump this one right away. Um, Go ahead, Jay. Because, yeah. waiting to. Uh, hey, look, uh, look, to the Saints fans out there, y'all need to shut up. 2009, 51-49, uh, that. that's what ends a game on a blown non-call. Blatant face mask, uh, return for a touchdown in overtime, ends the game. That's how a missed call ends a game. Uh, last week, one of those sacks, he was face masked first. No flag. Ref standing right there. I see Aaron, okay. and, and Aaron has come out and said, he said this last year at the beginning of the year. Look, I don't need this, and the rest of the quarterbacks, I can tell you, don't need all this extra protection. We have a hard enough time in this game, in this era, proving our toughness. We don't need the ticky-tacks. And so really what I've noticed, he doesn't seem to get any calls. They're like, fine, Aaron, you want to say that? We're not. And so it, a lot of it really, guys, it's across the league. And, and I've really I've gotten to the point okay. where I don't want to hear from any fan base about refereeing. You know why? Because this is year three of the most terrible – professional sports refereeing in any era there are three crews yes. in the nfl that are good yeah, the rest of them are crap every fan base on our show when we do our matchup seems to tell us the same thing and so i've just got this consensus refs seem to be 85 percent of the stories talked about at the end of every game in the last three years so it's just crap guys Like, I think every fan base wants to point the finger at Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or whoever quarterback they happen not to like or team and say they're getting calls against them. They're caught. It's let's just all be honest, folks out there. The referees suck all but three crews. You know, those three head referees. You're glad when your Mm -hmm. team has those three crews. The rest of them, it's like two face, man. It's a flip of a coin, whether you're getting good or bad calls. And you don't know from call to call, from play to play, like, I mean, it's it's even one-sided from game to game just on holding calls. There's holding on every play, and yet it seems to be one-sided for one team every game. I'm just tired of hearing referees, period, because they're terrible. Let's turn our attention to Green Bay in the the recent, you know, 
this this season, the storyline going into the season was with, and I always get his name is uh, it's Lafleur that's in Green Bay, right? Yes, sir. Cram it up, mm-hmm. cram it up your cram hole. Uh, yeah, I always I always confuse. <laughs> I mean, first, I'm terrible with names, but uh, so the the whole, um, I guess the narrative coming into the season was that Aaron Rodgers essentially got Mike McCarthy fired, or at least uh, I mean I just feel like it was time. You know, the time was there, maybe. But LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers were supposedly at odds over his his freedom uh, to audible and how LaFleur's offense was going to look. First, tell me, how has that relationship developed? And uh, also, why did you bring in an offensive uh, head coach when you have Aaron Rodgers? It seems to me like the you know it would, he fits with a team that was as much like the Carolina Panthers. You have Ron Rivera, and then you let him do his thing. How's that relationship developed this season? I guess winning usually makes people pretty on pretty good terms. Go ahead. So Dave. one, I'm going to start off with so your first question, Lafleur and Rogers' relationship. It got so blown out of proportion because they took little jabs at each other in the beginning training camp preseason. And it wasn't really jabs. It was more playful stuff. And like Coherd and Skip just ran with it and ruined it. Yeah. So they ruined everything yeah. in the world. Yeah. I, I and that's the that. thing. The media <laughs> just ran with it. So that I, the narrative now, like Roger just had an interview today and he said, Matt is so driven on what he wants to do and how to win the game. And it's great to see the competitiveness in a coach that we have here now. So he took a shot at McCarthy, basically letting him know that, hey, we're glad we got someone in there. And two, what Rogers wanted in an offensive coach, uh, offensive head coach. He's the one who asked for it. He's the one who was in on the conference calls when they were going through candidates. But, Dave, he, I want to jump in here because it wasn't – it wasn't just Rodgers. No, I know. David Bakhtiari, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, several offensive players after the L.A. game were, were taught. Mark Murphy came down, and Mark Murphy had come out and said this, and it was just laid yep. over. They said they wanted that type of offense. They were tired of everything being put on beat your guy when the whole rest of the league was not doing beat your guy. It was – Let's do what we can, which is, I, I know you're going to hate to say it, but it's just for the easiest way to explain it. It's the true <laughs> Patriot way. It's the true Patriot way. Put your guys in the best positions to win, and if they can't do a job, you pull them out and you put in another guy, and, and nobody cares because it's all about winning. And that's that's what they wanted, and so that's what they got. Now I'll let Dave go back to why they went and kept the staff they kept because there is a very good reason for that. And it goes all the way back to him being the best coach from Cleveland back in the day too. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and piggyback off that. So Petten, when he was the head coach, he had a very good defensive scheme there. He went, I believe, what was it? Six and two, seven and two with Brian Hoyer as his QB. His defense was rolling. Then boom, QB tears his ACL. And then the rest kind of went downhill after that because he was trying to make do with patch-up quarterbacks. Then the next year, I believe he had Johnny Manziel forced in his lap. He didn't want. So then he got fired. He took a couple of years with defensive coordinator in Buffalo and New York, went ahead and took a sabbatical after that. And both all those defenses in New York and Buffalo were top ten. 
here he's basically still trying to not install his system, but he's trying to find the right guys to fit his system because it's like he has a little bit of Ted Thompson's leftovers on this. He still has a little bit of guys in there that's sprinkled in. He's trying to weed out. And, I mean, you look at it, he's brought in two new pass rushers this year with Gutekunz giving him that, and they have 16 and a half sacks. Their corners and King and Jair seem to be doing really well. It's just, like I said, there's a couple guys on the defense that seem, might weed their way out through the season because of their play. Particularly number 95, Billy Bob Lancaster, number 51, Kyler Fackrell, and I was number waiting 25, for that. Will Redman. If they were on the Patriots, they would have been cut five weeks ago and still on the street today. My yeah. mask, is there a slight inferiority complex here with the Patriots, guys? No, it's not that. Reference them I, a couple I, of times here. Because it's, it's the how and the why. It's the how and the why, and it's the only thing that, without getting long and boring, that people understand. But because to me, the Patriot way has been in 10 Super Bowls in the last 18 years, basically. They have won six rings in this era, and they plug in it seems 20 new players every year they lose 10 and they plug in 10 more guys nobody's heard of and continue to roll and everybody wants to go around thinking that it's about not answering questions at press conferences and all this this bravado that is put out publicly when the reality of it is it's very simple guys it's just old school high school coaching you got three backs they all do different things you find ways to utilize them. You got linemen that you can you can spell, and they're all kind of the same. You just put them in the best situations. Tight ends, defense, linebacker, it's all the same. All that other stuff that these coaches off that tree try to emulate is why they fail because it's not about questions and how you react to the media. It's just about showing up, being serious, doing your job, not getting bitchy and whiny when it the ball's not coming your way or it's not a game that's a game plan around you and just being quiet and being 100% ready when your number is called whenever it is and going in and doing your job. And if you can't do that, you got to get rid of them and find somebody else. That's the true Patriot way. That's why I keep referencing it because it's it's what we ask for and I think you're seeing it, you're hearing it from and from Kittle out there with Shanahan. He, they're talking about just win. You heard it back a few weeks ago from Aaron Rodgers when his stats weren't great and they won. I don't care. I'm about winning right now. Don't care. My stat line has been great. I know where I stand. And guess what? I wasn't winning with all that crap. So screw the stats. Screw how great I look. Screw what the pundits think about where I am. I want to do this, and I'm putting words in his mouth. I want to do this the John Elway way. Let's just go out there and win. Well, how, tell me this, Dave. How are you guys winning? Seven and two. I feel like you guys are – you come out of the gate hot. You're playing well. The defense, like you said, Mike Pettin has been really impressive defensively putting together um, a lot with maybe uh, some names that we're just not as familiar with. You know, newer names. It's kind of a new look on defense. Maybe not mm-hmm. new, new – I don't know if it's a new scheme, but it's certainly – you know, it's just like new people, new faces. It seems young and fresh. But you guys are in maybe arguably the toughest division in football right now, or the second maybe. Uh, the NFC North is really a powerhouse to me. The Lions, while they, the, while people dog on them for being the Lions, 
are much better than people give them credit for. The Minnesota Vikings have a, a nice road to the playoffs on the back end of their schedule, and the Green Bay Packers have really stunned us with their success. How and how are you guys? What's the how and why behind your winning? So the winning, it's been done in almost every single way manageable. You first, the first three or four games you've had straight up defense. Like defense, it's something that we haven't heard in over a decade in Green Bay. Defense won us the game because Dom Capers was a leaky defense that was a, in Jay's words, it's a turnstile with Dom Capers' old defense. So Patton's defense, if you put pressure on the quarterback, the turnovers will come. The pressure will come on the QB, and eventually it's going to catch up to him. And that's the way our our season started off. And then our offensive install finally finished around week four, week five. So it kind of took the pressure off the defense. So it, it's winning every which way. We've won on rushing offense, like in Dallas. Aaron, Aaron Jones had four touchdowns. And then you go and look in the Raiders game. Aaron Rodgers had six touchdowns. It's just the fact of – Every which way possible, we're winning, and we're winning ugly games. We're winning the fact it's big blowouts. It's showing that we can win on on the road. We're three and one this year. That's the biggest thing. We were one and seven on the road last year. If you can win on the road in the NFL, you can go through the playoffs. So that's my biggest thing: is we're winning any way possible. The LA game, I'm taking it. I'm just going to take it in the trash, the game plan, and just throw it away. Don't even look at it. It's a non-conference game. doesn't have any effect on us. Move on. So um, I have uh, two questions I want to jump in here um, with for you guys. Uh, I, I'm a part – I write for drafttech.com. I write uh, comments for the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. So I'm a draft nerd. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I keep track of players that go from college to the NFL – and one of the players that I was really interested in when it came out was Josh Jackson, who the Packers picked up in the second round. Now, I don't follow the team very much, but I'm interested to know, um, you know has he made any kind of impact uh, in the Packers secondary at all? And have you guys seen a noted um, improvement in the way this Packers backfield has played this year and compared with, Recent years. Is that the NC State kid? Uh, no, he went to Iowa. Iowa. Oh, okay. Iowa. And he led, he led the led the NCA in interceptions and PBUs uh, yes. for two years. And here, here's the thing. This is funny because we talked about this on the post-game show about him and the fact that he's not on the field. And you're seeing guys that are undrafted free agents in their second year or rookies like uh, Chandon Sullivan and Will Redman on the field and in the nickel and you're seeing a lot of an old elder statesman out there in Tremont Williams and not Josh Jackson. And here's the thing. Petten likes to play a lot of man and Josh has never, he's still working on what we would call as a, a man corner, those greasy hips where you're able to turn yes. and run and shift his thing in Iowa was playing a lot of cover two and a lot of cover three where you're 10 and 15 yards off the ball or playing cover two trap and watching the quarterback. That's why he was so great at, you know, getting those interceptions and pass breakups over the last three weeks, guys, this is the funniest thing. Jair Alexander is the complete opposite. That's why they drafted him. He is a guy that has no true position, but you can man him up. And he has the speed and those greasy hips to go anywhere and run with anybody. 
but they're playing all this cover three zone. There was three plays last week, guys, third and two, third and one, and a third and three. The corners were lined up 12 and 15 yards off the ball. That's, that's, that's playing scared, and that's because there's no push up the middle. I made the argument, if you're going to play that, then you man up Jair somewhere else and put Josh Jackson on the field because Jair was getting burned because he likes – he's look, he's got that Deion Sanders mentality. I love it. But when he gets to over-peacocking, he stops paying attention to the little things that make him good. And those things that you have to really pay attention to in his zone, he's not real good at. Those are Josh Jackson things. So I, he hasn't made an impact on this defense. He hasn't been on the field a lot, but I would argue that that it's the coaching staff's fault because he does have a place if you're going to play certain coverages that he can come in and make an impact, and they're choosing not to put him out there to see if he can do it. And when you invest a second-round pick, I get a little prickly when I see them playing something that I think he could help you with when they're getting burned and yet the kid's not on the field. I put that on the coaching staff because I think Josh Jackson in zone coverage could still be a stud regardless of how good he is in man. But no, Cody, he has not been on the field. He has not made an impact. And for a second-round pick, something is going on, and a lot of it has to do to me about the coaching staff because the kid can come in and play zone coverage. And if you're worried about man coverage, he ain't been playing that. So, that I mean, yeah. All right, Valid I know point. you guys got a show to get to. Uh, just quick, are there any injuries? You said one guy's coming back that could help this run defense. Tell us about your the health status right now. We're dealing with some important injury questions about the future of our organization. Where are you guys at, what, nine weeks into the season? Uh, surprisingly, we only had one person as a healthy scratch last week, and that was our third-string tight end, Robert Bunyan. We had no major injuries in the – in the Los Angeles game. So we're looking actually fairly healthy. Um, it Lafleur likes to go ahead and give light practice on Wednesdays or the third day before any game. He likes to give that, that, uh, that light workout without no pads, no helmets, let the guys rest up. And then Thursday he hops right in full pads Friday, same thing. And then Saturday it's another light walkthrough. He doesn't like to wear out his guys. So, I mean, it's paying dividends because usually with McCarthy, by what is it, week eight, week nine, we have ten on IR and we're we've got this ten on the injury report weekly. So, I mean, Lafleur is really taking care of this team. Lafleur sacrificed I, I himself. He he was the sacrifice for this season to the injury gods <laughs> when he uh, injured his knee. Towards Achilles. Yeah. Achilles. <laughs> I, I love even it. said that. I even said that. I said, "Oh, there, there, he did it." I think he did it on purpose. I will give you this little nugget to run with that that isn't confirmed, but it's my suspicion. Okay. Penny Clark, <laughs> something's wrong with him. Okay? Yeah. This kid is 23 years old and literally was on a rocket ship projection of being like a multiple all pro at his position in the future and started off the first three weeks of the season on that same trajectory. And all of a sudden that push that's not coming up the middle is because Kenny Clark, that's his spot. He's not commanding double teams anymore and he's getting beat up and pushed around one-on-one versus centers. That's the biggest issue with this run defense because when Kenny Clark is disrupting, it's just like Aaron Donald. When he's eating, so is everybody else. You see Kenny Clark getting pushed around by guys, one guy, you know there's something wrong. 
He hasn't been on the injury report. And I just, it's either that guy's or the kid just completely lost his way, hit his head and got amnesia and forgot how to play football, which I don't believe. So <laughs> there, there's something wrong with Kenny Clark. And I think that's the biggest defensive problem with their run, with their pass rush. Everything I think was built around that kid being a stud and it started off strong and something's happened to him and he's fell off and you can really see the difference in the defense. All right. And I know that you scares guys, me versus you guys. I know you guys got a show right now. Thanks for squeezing us in on short notice. Oh, I, can't wait, play, brother. I can't wait to hang out with you guys later in the week. Tell them where they can find your work at guys. So, because look, our Panther fans, they follow their team closely and we always need to get a little inside information on the outside because we are always looking in the mirror so closely. Sometimes it's good to look out the window. Where can they find your podcast? Well, well go ahead, we Jack. are at first and goal pod and uh, Dave there is at steak and cheese. I am at UPJ three, three and guys, we love any of you fans out there. You want to get your questions and comments, email us first and goal podcast at yahoo.com. We'll answer them on air live. And we are going to answer them on air live. So you definitely want to get your questions or comments in there. It doesn't matter what team you want to talk about. We will stop. We will try to give you the best answers we can. So email us, firstandgoalpodcast at yahoo.com. All right, fantastic, man. It was great hanging out with you guys. I'll catch up with you later in the week. We're going to move on. You guys have a good show. All right, guys, let's get back into – Thanks, guys. Nice meeting you, fellas. Have a good one. Good luck. Later, gentlemen. Um, all right, I hope we kick their ass, though. <laughs> <laughs> go, Pat, go. <laughs> all right so guys uh look the, the story of the night continues to be though is that while we try to look ahead uh, at green bay i couldn't even think about it the whole time these people are talking i'm sitting here thinking about cam newton and i do want to point out this is for the people who continue to just trash talk cam newton the guys aren't going to be able to see this on the show but uh, Cam Newton put up a heck of an Instagram post earlier today, and I'm putting it, I mean, is that some people said, um, basically, he wished, he said, I'm going to, he did take a little dig, though, I can't find it, where did it go, is that he said something to the effect, I'm going to get better, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to be cheering for you guys all the way, he said, I'm going to get healthy, and uh, but he also said, I'm going to get more accurate. Accurate and they put the little winky face emoji. So, yeah, he's at the little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I feel. Yeah, is that I hope that Cam Newton, what I just truly hope is that Cam Newton is able to filter that noise out from those weird, from the people who are, are acting like he's a piece of trash or a piece of litter and or a headache to this team. I hope that he can look past that and look to people on the C3 Panthers podcast. Open invitation forever, Cam Newton on the C3 Panthers podcast. Also, you can be a part of that show by calling in at 252-228-5098. Let's continue with the cat calls and see where they take us, Cody. And last phone call. Sorry, last phone call. Um, I agree (laughs) with D'Angelo Williams because I think he was on the first, ESPN's first take with Stephen A. and uh, um, the other freaking guy, I forget his name, Matt Kellerman. There you go, Matt Kellerman. Um, he was frustrated and upset with Ron Rivera and the coaching staff for how they've mishandled Cam Newton, and I agree with that 100%. Because they've put so much emphasis when he was drafted in 2011. Um, he was mainly the, 
they asked him to do freaking everything, dude. You know, he will always be compared to Russell Wilson, and in all all intents and purposes, he's a disappointment compared to what Russell Wilson has had. But in defense of Cam Newton, since he stepped on the football field from from Blaine College to Auburn, has been the most dynamic and athletic person on the field, and then that includes the NFL. Um, I mean, first eight years in the league, the guy has thrived on just physical talent alone with not much of a great supporting cast from offensive standpoint as well as a schematical standpoint from the coaching staff. Russell Wilson was drafted and put inside of a great situation, Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch. And he was allowed to to not have a whole bunch of pressure on his shoulder on top of just making a few plays here and there. And he's been allowed to develop into the quarterback that he is now. And the fact that we brought North Turner in, who has done great things with Cam Newton, um, but to bring him in at this point, opposed to addressing the issue early in his career, to have a supporting cast around him so that he didn't have to be Superman all the time, instead of 90% of the time, have him be Superman 20% of the time. You know what I mean? Um, they've done a really bad job of just throwing him out there and having him pretty much do everything and carry this team and carry this coach staff. And, it's, you know, I, I, in all hopes, I hope we just get rid of everybody after this year. I'm thinking 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 10-6 and six down the stretch as far as us probably not making the playoffs. I really hope that we just kind of get rid of this coaching staff and Marty Herney just really thinks long and hard about who he's going to put into position for Cam Newton's possible potential last year with the Panthers. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are about it, but that's just my thoughts. About it. I know what Cody's Again, thoughts are about this. Is Cody agrees 100% with the idea of the misuse or the wasted. You want to talk about Cody? What would Ron Rivera say, reflecting back on uh, having Cam Newton those first five years without anything around him? He would probably call it what? Well, without having anything what, normal. No, just looking <laughs> I mean, back, I would say Ron Rivera would say that was a real missed opportunity right there. Yeah, I missed opportunity. And, okay, so part, like, <laughs> yep. I'm hard on Ron Rivera, but part of that is also how bad our, our general manager situation was. We come from uh, uh, Marty Hurry to Dan Gellerman, who we thought was good, then drafted some busts, and then he was let go, and we thought we didn't like that, but then it turns out that was the greatest thing. And back to hurry, it's just, man, when you draft a quarterback, you have to use those first few years when they're on a rookie deal to really build around them when you're not paying quarterback-type money. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just of the mindset right now that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that Cam Newton gets another opportunity with another coach on the Carolina Panthers football team. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I would be confident going into next year with the same exact scenario of Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, and, and Cam Newton, and Norv Turner. Like, something in I that am. It can work. needs just to change. Gotta see it. It's, it can work. It just has to – everybody I've has to be I've seen this there. story too many times. I believe in Cam Newton. I just don't believe in, in Ron Rivera. And I've been saying that for a while. I'm still on the Cam hill. Cam Newton can do it in despite of, in spite of Ron Rivera then. With, but that's what you would have to hope for. I know he can. Have to hope that's, what they've been, 
I completely disagree, though, with the... Well, I won't say completely disagree. I would say, look, it's sad that uh, we didn't, you know, seize an opportunity to put more offensive talent. We also, Camp did come to a 2-14 and 14 team, so it's not like he came to a team that had a lot of talent. And I understand that, right. yes, we did ask Cam to be Superman, but he was Superman, and this is the sad fact. When you have a guy that can do all those things... You can make some sacrifices on the offense and try to get a defensive team together. Cam Newton was able to survive behind an offensive line that has stunk for all of eternity. No one else would have been able to do that. So I think it's a kind of a, te- I mean, it's kind of a catch 22 when you have a guy like Cam, is that because he's Cam, you don't have to do all the crazy stuff. Um, or you don't have to pad and do this. Now, if we look back in retrospect and say we wish we would have had a more offensively driven GM who made better decisions, that could have been the real deal. I, th- I think there are some legitimate things there. I do go back to some point that you brought up before the call, Cody, in the response to his first call, and that is that we kind of have put him in a place to get hurt. He's just taken too much of a beating. I agree with you 100% is that he's never taken a beating when he's run the ball. He's always taken a beating when he's tried to pass the ball in the pocket. So I don't really like that idea that there's so many miles on his tires that that's why he's having problems. No, all the the only time he's ever gotten hurt running was when he showboated into the end zone in that Falcons game in 2016, and they head clocked him. him. Yeah, Yeah. gave him a concussion. Well, Tony, real quick, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, there were two things you just said just now that stood out to me really well. One was kind of Freudian slip, I think. Uh, when you were talking about Cam Newton was good enough to do this in spite of, and it's kind of the same same comment, was is the key word. Because I don't think he, with the health problems he has and the age that he's coming in, has is able to carry the team like that anymore. And I think that because we thought that he could do this in spite of, uh, you know, lack of... Uh, weapons around him, better coaching staff, stuff like that, is the reason we're in the position we're in now. And, and it's still a real argument, though, to to be f- fair to co- like the opposite side of my position, and Cody's got such a legitimate point here, is our best... We only have one offensive weapon, truly. We only have C-Mac. That's all we got. Yeah. There is nothing yeah. else on that team. Yes, we hope DJ Moore becomes something. He looked great in that game. I'm excited about him. I think he can be a great player in the NFL. Curtis Samuel, hopefully he can be what we want him to be. But that's still asking a lot. There's no guys on the team offensively. Greg Olson is old. There's nothing there offensively except for Christian McCaffrey. So there is some real merit to the point that there has been a dearth of talent on this offense. Mm-hmm. And this this crazy thing that this guy Ben on Twitter was talking about, Cody, he said at one point that Colin uh, that Brenton Burson had hands. And I wanted to vomit. No, man, it's so like stupid. This. Remember? Like Ted Ginn, yes, Ted Ginn has gotten way better in the later, in the twilight of his career when it comes to catching the ball. But we all saw him drop a bazillion balls. We saw yeah. Philly Brown, and Philly Brown ain't even playing in the NFL. Benjamin, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, not in the NFL. Brenton Burson is probably shaving uh, Jerry Richardson's ball sack right now. 
Yeah, Jericho Cotter, Devin Funches uh, is on IR. I mean, listen, Cam Newton, and, and listen, to the, to the guy, I don't know if he's still there, but we had a, a guy in the chat room earlier that was talking crap about Cam and annoying it the was, shit out of everybody. I can tell you exactly who it was. Yeah, out of everyone was, in the chat room. He was hitting me up yeah. on Twitter. If you want, I know, I know it's him because he brought up um, Andy Dalton. And who the hell yeah. compares Cam Newton to Andy Dalton? You reach <laughs> Well, <laughs> Is that no, you can find that. him on Twitter at KG373373. That's what his name is. That's the guy who thinks that Andy no. Dalton and Cam Newton have had comparable careers because this is one he of the points. Stats. No way. This is one of the points. That when I Andy was Dalton wins a make. playoff game, then you can say something. And you know? uh, uh, he just got listen, listen, let's even think about this. I've said this, man. If you look at the uh, what we had on offense. From 2014 to you know 2016, and and especially at the end of 2017, what other quarterback in the NFL makes that offense run? I mean, and I, I really do mean exactly. that. I mean, do, I mean, the, no one that you needed Cam Newton to be the predominant passer and rusher on the football team. Were you going to put Drew Brees on this Carolina Panthers team and do the same thing? He might no, you be won't. the only. Were you going to win no, the same way? No, not even him. You won't not even him be because that offensive be line. To, no, to it isn't. Good. That okay, rush. Good. That rush attack was dependent upon Cam Newton. So you're well, asking that, Jonathan Stewart. You're asking Jonathan Stewart to be the the workhorse in 2015 through 16 and 17. You're asking him to carry the load rushing the football with that offensive line. I was a fan of Jonathan Stewart, but our rushing attack was nothing without the added bonus of Cam Newton. He was and always sorry, our leading rusher. He was our leading rusher for like four years. There is no other quarterback playing at the time that you could have put on this team and made it run the same way. Cam Newton elevated uh, a relatively subpar offensive roster. And it's so – thank you. And now I, you know, it, oh, it, it's so oh. – my, 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 final, my final comment on it is what, what, what terrifies me is that the story of Cam Newton will be look at what he was able to do with such a small amount of talent. And now that we have put better talent around him – now he's too injured to be able to utilize that talent, and we're never going to we be able to see the, the full potential him, I don't of Cam. No, I don't. I don't put our quarterback situation teams. on our receivers. I, I I can't blame Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore for being put in this situation of of having this quarterback carousel situation where they don't know who's going to throw the football to them. Cam uh, Kyle is learning how to play football on the job. And he, I mean, you can tell when looking at the film that he misses a lot of throws, a lot of throws he that they're open below, on. I hate to tell this, folks, is that you look at – he has been average at best. Right. So then you can't Take put long. that on – on, you can't put that on the other members of, of our offense when they were expecting yeah. Cam Newton to be healthy and, and ready to go. I still maintain Curtis Samuel – has the potential to be a, a top 10 receiver in the NFL. He just hasn't been put in an opportunity to show that. 
I disagree. And I don't say this is I don't think that these guys are talented, but they're certainly not proven yet. I mean, you think about this. Even the Patriots have put talent around Tom Brady. You know, they have gone out and gotten guys that are – I mean, Randy Moss, you go back to then, is that there – if you think of Aaron Rodgers' teams, he's always had a certain degree of receivers that can do things that are proven guys as well. Right. I do think you're right is that Cam has done – so much with so little and i'm not trying to dog those other players but what he has really given is a team of freedom and a latitude to put a, a roster out like that and be competitive yeah oh look yeah. this mayor of the inferiors are you really trying to say that Con- dalton is 68 58 and two and that is why you think that he is better than cam newton they have been a shit show of an organization only one why, what, when, when have they even been relevant in the last decade? Please tell me that. Well, they did go to the playoffs multiple, like for the first. Teams. And lost. To yeah, the Texans with like yeah. Chase Daniel. They never won a playoff quarterback. Yeah. They lost to Chase Daniel, I think, in the damn. With and the t- had AJ Green. <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't get I don't want to hear that. All right. I mean, well, not that part. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear this Dalton stuff. Let's see if we can go to the next call. Let's see this. What's up, C3 fan? hilarious. Jeff Hodge here. Chef Jeff. Chef Jeff, what's up, guys? About 2.20, the news broke about an hour ago that Cam Newton will be placed on IR. I'm sure this is going to be the talk of the podcast, and I'm sure I'll be like the 50th call about it. Um, Thankfully, it broke on a Tuesday, not like a Wednesday or Thursday like normal, and we have to wait like a whole other week to talk about it, so that's a good thing. But um, I feel like it's in the best interest of Cam Newton, um, you know, it does scare me that he uh, wanted to go get a second opinion, you know, from another doctor. It does scare me a little bit. Um, it it kind of comes off like he doesn't have faith in our medical staff a little bit, um, among some other things, um, you know, that he said in the past. And the way they've handled him, we can all agree that they haven't necessarily been the best at handling Cam Newton and his injuries, but before 2018, he only missed three games. So he, I'm just so torn. I just I don't know what direction it's going to go. Uh, hopefully, we can keep him around and keep him through his contract. Maybe David Tepper has had a conversation with him, like, "Hey, you're the you're the future of our team, regardless." I mean. You know, I sold my tickets to to a Tennessee fan, but, you know, I can't help that. <laughs> but there weren't people in the stands this past weekend. Uh, Cam Newton draws people to that team, regardless. Even last year, they were still filling up the stadium. But uh, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Keep on. Where do the Panthers go? What does the future entail? Does what does what? what – let's start with this. What does it take for Ron Rivera to be the coach of the Carolina Panthers – in 2020. Uh, so, I mean, off the top of my head, uh, either ma- yeah, making a, a deep playoff run or or to the Super Bowl. Um, you don't think just making the playoffs with a 10 and six record is enough? I, I don't know, man. Like this on the with, I can't see gone this year. Yeah, and well, that, that, that and what he's gone through this year. I mean, uh oh, 
Am I breaking up? Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. I think our stream is messed up. We're back. Okay. Yeah, I think it must be because I'm on a solid connection. Nope. Nope. No, we're good. Our YouTube is still running. Look here, it just buffered. We're coming back, folks. Don't worry. Okay. All right. So, uh, what do you think, Greg? What does it take for Ron Rivera to maintain his job? I, I think it's the playoffs. You know, I, I know Cody, you're on this hill, and you know I'm not saying you're wrong about it with the with the coaching staff and the decisions we've made and everything else. And there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. But if Ron Rivera can bring this team to the playoffs this year with a really strong NFC, I mean the NFC is really really strong this year, and we can make even a wild card because I doubt we're going to catch the Saints. Um, given what he's been given, losing Cam Newton, you know, and everything else, and putting in a backup quarterback and taking us to the playoffs. I think that's justifiable enough to keep your keep your uh, team or keep your job for at least one more year. You know, it's like Tony said. I don't know if I can fire a ten and six coach that comes to second place in the division and makes the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, listen, that's one I, coach of the year two times. I, I, the, I mean, listen. I, I understand that, and I understand why you would seem unreasonable to fire a coach that goes ten and six or eleven and five, but. I mean, listen, is that always going to be acceptable? And listen, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't feel like I am. I feel like that's the most that we're going to be able to ask for with with Ron Rivera. Uh, it's, it's 10 and 6, 11 and 5. Maybe I'm a Debbie Downer. I don't know. I feel like I've seen enough of Ron Rivera to know what he's capable yeah, of. Yeah, you're now, a little of course, too sour on Ron. Well, hey, well, okay, th- then I'm, I'm willing to be the, the old curmudgeon, but – I mean, listen. Uh, I, I want to be wrong terribly. I mean, I, I want I want you all to throw this in my face, rub it in my face, tell me how wrong I was, let me die on the hill all by myself while you're all celebrating a Super Bowl victory. I want that to happen, but I mean, that's yeah. just how I feel on the matter. I would I would move forward in a different direction and and say that ten and six isn't enough. If Eleven and five isn't playoffs, enough. If we make the playoffs, Eleven and five isn't enough. Yeah. I no, it's not. If, is, if it doesn't win the Super Bowl, you're gonna, you're gonna if, mess if up. You, he don't remember if Marty Schottenheimer. Go to the playoffs. He don't remember Marty goes, Schottenheimer. No, I know that you can go and win the Super Bowl. But what I'm saying is, is that this team isn't under Ron Rivera. It's not gonna take the next step to win a Super Bowl. That's just my opinion. I hope uh, I'm wrong. Ken D said he is capable of 15 and one. We know that. Good point. And also, I just want to point out the Chargers have been a dumpster fire ever since they fired Marty Schottenheimer after a 12 and four season because a kicker missed a kick in the playoffs. So uh, go back and look at Marty Schottenheimer. They replaced him with Norv Turner, maybe. I want to, we need to go look that up. All right, let's go to the next call. Hi, guys. Rich in London calling you from the pub to drown my sorrows over the end of Cam Newton's season. Um, yeah, and just for you, Cody, I'm flicking the Vs at uh, all of the haters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really unfortunate. I hope it heals up. And I don't know. I don't see why he's done. Um, I, to be perfectly honest, I would imagine that a retirement might be more likely than almost anything else. Um, I could really see that, especially after what Luck's done. It's not wishing it on him at all. But it's like, really uproot yourself, really rehab, really go somewhere where you've got to deal with all the same old BS. Um, You know, I hope 
face for F-150 are happy. But, you know, Kyle Allen's a, a backup and he's fine. But, you know, he's put in the ball. I mean, could you imagine if we'd won against Tampa Week 2? We'd now be 6-2. Right. and two. We were We'd be the very, very close to yep. defeating the, uh, to the Rams as well. If Cam had been healthy. I mean, this team is absolutely loaded. I mean, I've listened to the draft. Yeah. Uh, the draft guys today, uh, you might listen to them on Locked On, and they're almost having difficulty where to draft for the Panthers because where do we actually need people? You know, we're we're good. We got faults by the 49ers, but apart from that, we could have won all the rest of the games, and we have won yep. five of them. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's really about it. We're I think we're going, I think we're going pretty well. I think we should sign the black cap. Um, that'll do. That'll give us another option to yeah, the, sell <laughs> CMC or put in the yeah. slot and maybe he can score as well. Um, anyway, look, don't spend the entire show talking about Cam. I know you love him, uh, but there's a whole load of other things to do. I don't know. I think we've got we've got about three or four more wins. I mean, the Redskins and the two Falcons games, um, we should win. Takes us to eight. I think we can beat the Colts. I think we can beat the Seahawks. So, uh, yeah, see how we go. I think we can get to 10 and 6, but I think we might be one place outside the playoffs. But um, anyway, Tampa uh, Bay Trey from the Draft Network mocks us Tyler Biazzi from Wisconsin, who's the centre up there, who's meant to be an absolute monster. Um, and I was all in on that, so Cody, you might have some thoughts there. But he wouldn't necessarily play centre next year, but could be brought along gently, maybe fill in if Trey gets injured again, or GVR or whatever, but... That would be quite a nice little daily, him, Moten, Trey Turner. Anyway, yeah, love the program. Love the show, guys. Uh, shout out to Susan as well, uh, Tony, uh, G, Cody's, Fat Daddy's. Take care, guys. All right. Uh, I do want to point out this. Nor- uh, Marty Schottenheimer, uh, head coach of the San Diego Chargers from 2002 to 2006. He started, he goes year one, he went eight and eight, year two. Four and twelve, year three, twelve and four, year five, nine and seven, year six, uh, fourteen and two, and then they fire him and they bring in Norv Turner, who went eleven and five, eight and eight, thirteen and three, nine and seven, eight and eight, seven and nine. I don't know. Is that I just don't like the idea of firing a coach that gets ten wins or above. Yep. So, well, Cody, Cody, going back to what you're. Cody, going back to what you were saying about the 11 wins and firing them, look, man, if you make the playoffs, that means you're in the top 33% of the league. That means 24 other teams had a worse record than you. So, I mean, a coach that makes the playoffs and you're going to fire him, I feel like that's that's kind of jumping the gun a little bit. But first, for, for the moment, for the sake of argument, let's say we do fire Ron Rivera this year. What do you think about somebody like Greg Roman coming in and being our head coach? Greg Roman from uh, offensive from coordinator for the offensive Baltimore coordinator Ravens. Baltimore. Ravens. Now guys, he was the offensive coordinator for the Ravens now and for the 49ers when Cap was playing when they went to the Super Bowl. Also, um, an assistant coach about... for the Carolina Panthers from 1995 to 2001. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, but so we're talking about him with the Cam Newton, uh, yeah, Cam Newton Cam led Newton. offense. Uh, yeah, yes. I mean, I, I think that um, Roman could utilize. And, uh, that kind of talent, and you're showing what he's doing with Lamar Jackson, and you showed what he did with Colin Kaepernick. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. Thing, I'm yeah. not mad at that. In my mind, that's a move in the right direction. In in mm-hmm. my opinion, now I'm not. 
Oh, I also don't know a ton about him. I mean, before I felt comfortable, I would want to do a little more research um, about the man, about what his offensive philosophy is a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I think that there are some good options out there, just as long as we're not adhering to this, oh, well, we'll never be able to do better than Ron Rivera because I just – I don't – I don't believe that, and I think that you know there are minds out there that are that are on the up and coming, uh, that are the next names in coaching, and you just have to take a chance on them. Now, sometimes it'll backfire and blow up in your face, but then other times it'll turn out to be um, you know a, a good fit for your football team. So I don't know. We have a lot of football left to play. I don't want to sound like I'm. I've given up on the season because I'm always up for the coaches and uh, Kyle Allen to prove me wrong and make me look stupid. I want to look stupid. I want to be wrong. I don't think that I am, but I hope that I'm very stupid. All right, let's turn the conversation over to CK, who came in the postgame show like Eeyore, sad after a win uh, this past (laughs) week. And what we were talking about is – is that you really now have your have your feelings and sentiments changed since Sunday? Because I've been trying to force an exuberance. Uh, like I tried to tell you in that show, I was going to get pumped about this team. It's make it's being hard at every turn when you take a jab when they're taking jabs at my man Cam. You know what I'm saying? And then you hear yeah. this bad news. It's hard to get excited. Um. But there is look. You got a team who's six and two. You got a team now who's got who's playing with house money. Now their quarterback, their their um, their star player on IR. You have a little certainty that these are the guys that got to go out there and make their paychecks. They're not going to give up. They're not going to quit. So where are the strengths on this team, CK, going forward? What can we get excited about? And what if we? And where are your concerns? Where they continue to lie? Well, I, I think when I look at the the big picture of everything, uh, Cam being out is a bummer, but now I can move past that, right? Yes, there is no more yes. of this. No. There is no more. We'll be back this week against Green Bay. We'll be back next week or this week or that week. You know, right. We're finally past that position, and I think that's a positive development, and I think might be one of the reasons they decided to do this as well, is to allow not only fans – and media, but also players to move past the idea of Cam Newton, you know, having to worry about when is Cam Newton coming back and asking those questions or answering those questions about him. Um, So on that hand, obviously I see there is a positive. On the other hand, um, you know, there is the other aspect of things is, I think it's one of the things we talked about. Somebody mentioned it earlier. We're really hoping that Kyle Allen is Jake DeLome and not Matt Moore. Right, because it's, I'm not going to say exactly the same thing happened, but similar things happened where uh, you know Delone went out, Matt Moore came in, looked great, uh, Matt Moore, right? Yeah, um, and then then all of a sudden, just yeah. after we made the decision to move on from Delone, uh, you know, we we found out that there was a reason that he wasn't a starter to begin with. Uh, but I, I just I'm hoping. I, I think I have a lot of optimism because I think the players around Kyle Allen. Have been elevating their 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 playing uh, capabilities to mask any of the issues Kyle Allen has. Um, my biggest fear 
is now that he's got six games in, he's about to be – he's got enough tape to figure him out, right? You're going to see North Turner – has anybody seen him call an audible? Um, I have not. Not, not – yeah, now that you mention it, I don't – there isn't one time that pops up in my mind of, of changing the play call, really, no. And I wonder if that has anything to do with – Kyle Allen himself and just, um, you know, uh, putting this offense in a um, more user-friendly fashion for and That's what I'm wondering. If things, if things are simplified before Kyle Allen, how long before they're figured out by other defenses, which I think San Francisco did. Look, um, I'm rooting for Kyle Allen, but what we have seen, folks, is nothing to be all that. Look, we should be pleasantly surprised we found ways to win. Right, but look, we've seen him be mediocre. We've seen him turn the ball over. He's starting to look mortal, and and he's starting. To, he's thrown a couple of interceptions. But you guys are right; is that he's left a lot of balls on, out there that have hung short, that haven't been that he hasn't been able to take the opportunity. Now, to give him credit, though, is that I feel like his pocket awareness has improved. I feel like he's got enough mobility to keep a play alive a little bit. Um, we just got to see him get some chemistry with these receivers downfield. I have not seen him hit a deep ball yet. And not that we saw Cam do that in the recent hey, memory either. But think about this, is how hard we were on Cam whenever he missed any throw. Like, think about everybody. They're like, oh, my God, right. missed the throw. He's the worst thing ever. How come people are are complacent or, or reticent, whatever the right word is, for this is that Kyle Allen is doing these things in front of us, but they're like, oh well, this you can win with Kyle Allen. I don't think we can't. We it's like we can't win with him. I'm not saying that, but he is. It's going to require other people being really, really good. And the problem, and probably lending to Cody's argument about Ron Rivera, is 10-6 and six is remarkably optimistic. Yes, we're only four games away from it, but we got a tough schedule ahead of us down the I road. So, yeah. And there have been some significant weaknesses showed on this team. The defense has not been – they've been good. They've been better than average, but they have not been locked down or great. They have caused turnovers – but they've been susceptible to the run, and they've allowed a lot of points on the board. So it's not like you're a putting Kyle Allen on the 2015 Panthers defense or the 2013 Panthers defense. They're good. They're better than good, maybe, but they're not great yet. Maybe they can be better. But where, guys, do you continue to see, going back to Rich's call, Dennis Daly really stepped up to the char- to the, to the call. Kyle Love continues to be out. There are some hidden – what are the hidden surprises on this team? Ron Rivera singing Eric Reed's praises this week. So there are some things to be excited about. Yeah, that – go, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I well, mean, I was going to say, do you think that, that maybe having Cam Newton where we're announcing to everybody that the offense runs through Cam and that we're nothing without Cam, do you think that maybe that affects other players to the point where now where Cam's not there and they feel like, okay, Cam's not here – I have to step up my game a little bit because Cam's not here, and maybe that's what they're doing. Like, do you think that has anything to do with what's going on? Because I'm not sure what it does to the psyche of a player who is on a team that everybody says, well, if this guy goes out, 
you're done and there's nothing you can do. And then when that guy goes out, now you want to prove it by wrong. Now you feel like you have to step up. Do you think that's maybe is what's going on with our yeah, players right now? I think now? there is something. I hope to so. That. I think there's something to I, that. And I want and just let my thoughts on this real quick, Cody, or this is that um, when you got Cam Newton in the room, you got your warrior right there. You know what I'm saying? You got the guy. This is right. gonna be it. This is gonna be it. But now it's time for me to pull my junk out on the table and prove to you that I'm a man still. And I think that it's time for Luke Keekley, Gerald McCoy, and this defense to do that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, shout out to guys like uh, Luke Keekley and Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, listen, they love Cam Newton more than we do. They consider him to be a friend, a, a, a personal friend that they know more than you know just his football goings on. You know, they they know his. Uh, things about him that's their friend but that i mean they're not giving up on the season they're wanting to go and and punch teams in the mouth and you have to respect that and and that's the motto of our team keep pounding and that's that's what the panthers at their heart are going to do and that's what we have to do man listen we all love cam newton but at the end of the day uh, you know history is not yet written and you know we, the, the players have to have the mindset that we have a chance to win a new football game that we're in on any given Sunday. And as long as they have that mindset, yeah, I still believe we have one of the better rosters in the NFL. And, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm, – there isn't a, a game on our How schedule really going forward. That? How do you say we have one of the better rosters in the NFL? But a few minutes we ago do. we were talking about – but a few minutes ago we were talking about how we didn't. Like we were just saying a few minutes ago how we don't have the players – no, Tony said that, and I disagree okay. with Tony. Let's I think that we have. I, I, I think, I, I think that, and listen, I know you guys are going to jump on my ass, but all right. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick another guy. I'll, I'll say um, Sean McVay instead oh of gosh, Kyle Shanahan. So tired of him. Uh, yeah. right, sure, Shanahan McVay. Listen, if you don't like him, that's fine. But at this point, you can't deny that those dudes are game planning. On some next level type shit. No, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you had that kind of coach with this offensive weapon, with this type of offensive weapons, you would not think that we don't have high quality weapons Dude, on our football three team. Three points in the DJ Super Bowl Moore, versus the how, damn Patriots. Mm-hmm. Three points. Well, listen, I said pick one: McVay, Shanahan. That's who I'm picking. Uh, it, it, it doesn't. Uh, okay, my my point is. Norv Turner is not utilizing, and I, I don't put it all on him because, like we said, Kyle Allen is working through some shit. But listen, uh, uh, if if this offense is not where you want it to be, it's not because we do not have the talent to be able to do it. Bar we've had none. one game. We've had two games where we scored below twenty. I think okay. we only had and two games where we scored on... below thirty, right? No, or twenty-eight. Uh... Yeah. We had right. Kyle Allen, in 16 and right. one against the Texans. We scored 13 against the 49ers. And because lost. Kyle Allen doesn't read the field well. Oh, he doesn't gosh. need to. They're putting him in a position where he's got one or two reads and throwing the ball, which right, is what he needs to, to be in. Because this is because Cody's making me angry. <laughs> let's go, man. Hey, guys. Kyle again. Um, I, I, I got so much to say on the camera situation but oh wait i missed his first... keep most of it to myself well, where is this honestly at, oh, at the moment this is the best thing they could do for cam 
one time in his career, the Carolina Panthers are going to let Cam Newton heal completely up. So maybe, or maybe they're forced that says to. To me, I've mean, already seen on Twitter all this bullshit already. Cam Newton down in Carolina, he played his last football in Charlotte. Blah blah blah. We gotta deal with this shit now for the rest of the I know. That's true. But this shows me that Carolina's actually gonna they're committing to Cam getting healthy and giving it one more go to show him what he's got. Optimism. Cam Newton's hundred percent. Not one doubt in my mind. Cam Newton's gonna get that contract. Honestly, I don't really want to say this, but probably means Ron Rivera will get at least one more year to prove what he's got. As far as he goes, I'm not sure after next year if he'll have it, but as far as Cam goes, at 100%, Cam Newton, we all know who he is. He's going to get that contract extension. So just tune out the bullshit until Cam Newton can get back on the football field and let's root for Kyle Allen and our Carolina Panthers to do do what they do, man, play football. And let's just, let's just keep pounding, baby. If Kyle, if, if Cam Newton does not have the foot, it does not end up getting surgery. And all current reports, at least from the Panthers, are saying that they are going to continue the course of just. He's been advised by the doctors to rehab this. By the way, somebody told me this on Twitter that he went and saw the best foot podiatrist in the world. Not the foot podiatrist, the best podiatrist, because that would be saying the best foot foot. Um, <laughs> I I did ask him this is how do you qualify like what qualifies you as the best foot doctor like are you like the best at removing bunions what what, what is it that makes you so much like greater than the next great podiatrist and how do we know he's that he's got a he's got a, a perfect PBR what does that mean <laughs> podiatrist Oh, a perfect, uh, like a quarterback rating, like a, <laughs> I was like, oh God, he's never lost a foot. It was a slow burn, but it was worth it. It was, it was. Um, uh, all right, so I think this is though, is that I, I, I do think without Cam Newton having the surgery, I don't understand where the idea of parting way, why you wouldn't say this is our best move going forward. If Cam Newton doesn't have surgery and plans to really, and can rehab this, is to go into next season with the same exact plan as this one. And that's Cam Newton with our starter and Kyle Allen as our backup. And God bless, we hope Cam Newton works. But if he doesn't, we still know that Kyle Allen is at least serviceable enough to keep fans in the stands. But you don't, what do you do? If you get rid of Cam Newton here, you can't go out in the draft. I don't want to see us trade up for somebody and get into that hellhole of being a, you know, betting so much more than just a draft pick on a guy you are uncertain about. I don't like trading up to the number one or number two for a quarterback because they rarely, rarely work out. And I think, Greg, you brought this up before the the show, is what are some of the other options? No, we haven't talked about Dante Moncrief, and we got to. But what are the – what is – there is a second option. It might not be Cam with the Carolina Panthers, and it might not be Cam being released. What potentially could happen? He could be traded. Well, I, I think that 
Yeah, I, th I think that whatever happens, in the decision needs to be made very, very soon so they can move forward on executing that plan. But, like you were saying, he can be traded. And I've come up with a couple hypothetical situations that if we decided we wanted to go with Kyle Allen as our future, because let's be realistic, y'all. Kyle Allen is not what Cam Newton is. We know that. We're not We're not saying that. But Kyle Allen seems to be a Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome took us to the Super Bowl. You don't have to be the best quarterback in the NFL Kyle to win the Super Allen Bowl, okay? Even we have a good you can't even sniff Jake yeah. DeLome's jockstrap yet. Jake DeLome was hey, really guys, good I hate before play, he got I, hurt. And Kyle Allen has not been bad. Think about it. He started six games or seven games. He's six and one. He has four interceptions through six games. It, it's a crazy day when I'm defending Kyle Allen. But I've got I've got to give him the credit. But didn't that happen? Had with Matt, really didn't nice... that happen with Matt Moore and Jake DeLong too? You're right. That, that, but we that... never know. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, you, but but here's my thing: is we've got to make the decision because whatever happens, the the rest of the league's opinion is going to change with Cam Newton based on where we go with him in the future. There are a few options. If we don't get rid of him next year, he's got to start. If we do play him next year and he plays really bad it's going to mess up any potential we have to trade him and we don't want cam newton to walk out the door and go to another team and blow it up so i have a few trade proposals i want to put out there real quick just no i know that they're off the wall but go ahead <laughs> it, my answer is no too i don't want to trade him but like i said i'm a realist and if we decided to think about this what about cam newton in a second round pick or our second round pick to denver for von miller and then run with Kyle Allen. Nope. Denver or Von Cam Newton to Chicago. Cam Newton, Cam Newton and Von Miller are always going to be joined at the hip. Number one, number two, they played the Super Bowl against each other. They're the best two players in that draft class. You know, and and, and Denver could afford to give up one of their defensive ends because they have Chubb now. And, and I think ACL, John, so I think John, I would. Well, yeah, but that, okay, that's true. <laughs> Okay. But, all right. Well, no, like I, said, these I are say no. Is Von okay. Miller's uh, he's old? Yeah, he's starting to degrade just, a little bit. He just knows Cam. Yeah, Same but it's left. like different position too. Mm, okay. My yeah. thing is this. Uh, well, I mean, look um, at Julius Peppers. All right. So Julius we, we, we played for what? That one. Next one. Next one. Yeah, Next I would. Okay. I would. I would say no. Next one. How about Cam Newton in a second round pick to Chicago for Khalil Mack? Why do we got to give a second round <laughs> pick too? No, but also, because I don't think anybody's going to trade you straight. I don't think anybody's going to trade you an all-star player straight up for Cam Newton right now as we speak. Well, but hold That's up, why. Yeah, I, I hate to. Would to you trade Cam Newton that, to but, Chicago for their but, first? But hold on, but hold on, Tony, because the whole point of the uh, the Bears conversation is that they have the defense, and they just went and gave Khalil Mack all this money and uh, a fat new contract, and they gave up the picks to get him. The whole point of mentioning Chicago is that. You know, it's reasonable to assume that the Bears are only a quarterback away from being a competitive football team. So I would say no to that offer. The only offer that I would that I would genuinely accept is if 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 the Bears evaluated Cam Newton to be enough uh, to be traded for a first round pick. Okay. For if it, if it's a first round pick. That's the only way I even consider it, and even still, and it needs there's to be no a top five or top eight. Man. Yeah, well, yeah, and Agreed. there, yeah, there there's no there's no guarantee that whoever we draft in his place is going to be Cam another Newton. player on the level right. of, of of Cam Newton. And then I know I don't mean to steal your thunder here, but you also mentioned the Bengals, 
And uh, and this is kind of why I want to jump in and say, at what point do the Panthers just do what's right for Cam Newton, even if it means not getting the most value out of him? So, for example, if he doesn't cost that much, why not just cut him and let Cam Newton go wherever he wants to go? It's not like he's going to go to the Falcons. Because they that's have Matt just Ryan. silly business to just not get something for that, right. number you one. Gotta... And number two, we should just keep Cam and make him play his final year. Yeah, I mean, that's what I that want. Simple. But I'm talking – this is, this is talking about if the Panthers want to move on – from Cam Newton, and they don't want right. him to play quarterback All next year. Yep. Right, that's what I'm saying. Well, my only thing about what you were saying, Cody, is we've never had Cam Newton's best interest at heart. That's why he's in the position he's in. We've right. never had his best interest at heart because we've never protected him, never given him what he needed to be the player that he is. Imagine that 2015 season if we had an all-star wide receiver. Imagine yeah. what that would have been. You know? I don't even We'd like these. Yeah. Okay, I don't like these hypotheticals okay, so- anymore. I got, I got, two, I got two more, and the last one, I, the last one, I think is actually a really good one. Uh, a Cam Newton, an injured Cam Newton, straight up for an injured AJ Green. Give, give Kyle. If you're gonna go with Kyle Allen, give him a weapon. Nope. 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 Okay. Yeah. I want Cam, Cam. Newton for AJ. Uh, no. I want Cam too. I'm saying, I'm, I'm just saying, this is hypothetical. That, no, because AJ, he's been injury prone. Up. Like you would have to give. No, I don't know if there it's is a him. player that I want to trade straight up for. Unless you're talking about like, okay. I don't even think Aaron Ro- maybe Aaron Rodgers, do that. Okay. Well, li- listen to this last one. I mean, you're no way you're getting Aaron Rodgers for him. How about how about Cam Newton with some kind of other caveat for Josh Allen for Buffalo? Yeah. yeah. Josh Allen can run the ball. He's got an arm and he's young. That's the stupidest thing I ever we have heard. Good relations with Buffalo. Oh, that's cool. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I'm. What, what, what's wrong with Josh Allen, man? He's a good quarterback. He is not. Good. Hey, no, listen, Greg. I'll. I'll, I'll say. I, 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm not as sour on uh, Josh Allen as many other people are. But um, <laughs> he's a good uh, quarterback. My, my my mindset is 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 this. Um, you know, draft a draft a quarterback. Build up someone. Uh, find the the future yeah. instead of trying hey, to recycle someone else's leftovers. Um, I, I do have a question for everyone guys, I'm and everyone in the talking. chat room. Uh, anyone that that wants to answer, how many of you will still pull for Cam Newton and root for him, even if he is on another football team? I'll wish him the best. I won't root for him because I won't root against the Panthers. There's only okay. one scenario I think that where I wouldn't root for Cam Newton. Atlanta. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the, the only one, and I would secretly or hope New he Orleans. did well, or except New for Orleans. when he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't root for him if he was the same. No, I wouldn't. But see, I even hate the yeah. But I the Falcons is the real killer to me. Yeah. Um, but that's really the sad that thing. Guy. The sad thing is it could be a possibility if that we cut Cam Newton that he goes to Tampa. It is a possibility. I mean, it's realistic that they could go after. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but here, is Cam Newton's going to – I say this. Is My prediction is this. Is Cam Newton either doesn't play in 2020 or he plays as a Carolina Panther. That's my yeah, prediction. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm on that. got to play in 2020. 
No, well, he are you going to resign him if he, he doesn't get that play in foot surgery? If he doesn't get that, fir- if he gets that foot surgery, and the timetable is unlikely that he would be back for next year. I mean, it's a so full what you're saying is he- right now. So what I would say is this: is that if he gets the foot surgery, then Cam, then the Carolina Panthers will cut him and release cut bait. But nobody else is actually going to go and pay him until he gets help. You know, until he gets done with the rehab. But Tony, remember we were saying. Remember we were saying though that the Liz Frank, you know, if if, if you're playing football, yeah, it's not going to heal up very well. But if Cam Newton isn't playing football anymore, then in theory, it should be just fine by itself. So he shouldn't, like in my mind at this point, if he's not coming back this season, then he doesn't need to have a surgery, right? I don't trust that. I know that's what they say. That's what they say, man. But I have yet to find a player who has had the – I don't know. I haven't looked for him either, though. But I've never heard of a player not get the surgery when it comes to Liz Frank. And all I can say is the real evidence I'm going off of this is Brady Quinn and the Pick 6 podcast. He said several weeks ago when they diagnosed as a Liz Frank that he tried to do the same thing, rest, rehab, rest, rehab. And he said it was the worst decision of his career. And on top of that, he just got the surgery like six weeks ago or two months ago. And he's been out of the league. So it's like still been bothering him. I just don't think it's it's realistic to think that in the high, the the intensity of of a professional football game that there's, it's not like he's just going to be jogging uh, with, with his dog on Sundays. You know, so I think it's a different thing. Let's go on to the next call while you look that up, Greg. Hey, Panthers podcast. Y'all know What's up, G? G of RCA. Hey, y'all. I know that you guys seen the news today. <clears throat> Cam Newton is placed on IR. And honestly, I'm happy that he got put on IR. I really am. Because I know about you guys and the rest of and the rest of Panther Nation. I'm sick and tired of Ron Rivera not knowing anything. You know, I'm so yeah. tired of him getting kind of like pissed off of people asking him questions about Cam. Yeah, Cam was put on IR. In my opinion, they have been knowing that he's been hurt. You know, they know, you know, but I know, I understand it's a business, you know. And me personally, I like Kyle Allen, man. And people saying he's not the future and everything like that, but I'm just like, hey, the last game we played against Tennessee, <clears throat> he had a 90-yard drive, man, 8 for 8. That's pretty damn good, you know what I'm saying, doing 90 yards. Yes, he'll make mistakes because he's an NFL quarterback, but like I said, I am a Panthers fan. I'm a Cam Newton fan, but I was a Panthers fan before Cam Newton even got drafted, man. And I know a lot of people want us to look into the upcoming drafts in, in the future. And, Cody, I know that you probably would love for Trevor Lawrence to come to Carolina. You know, hey. He's a damn champion. I wouldn't hate it. You know what I'm saying? ACC champion, national champion. He's, what, six foot six. He's a big dude. You know what I'm saying, man? My opinion, I don't know. You know, because if he comes, what about Will Greer? Will Greer, will he be the future? Or will he just be a backup like Derek Anderson was? Or will we stick with Kyle, Kyle Allen? I don't know. But I am happy that he got put on IR. And if I was Cam, I would get surgery. I really would. Because I don't know if they're going to let him go after this season. I don't know. So give me your thoughts on that. And I'll always, always remember, keep pounding. Keep pounding. 
Kyle Allen is if if you were thinking about people that you've had uh, sexual relationships with in your past, he's someone that um, you had a good time with, but you ain't gonna marry. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, called that the side chick. <laughs> no, yeah. just say this is hey, it's a nice weekend. It was a nice six months, but I don't know if I could see myself with you for the rest of my life. Greg, who is the list of players that have come back from this Liz Frank injury without a surgery? Have you found any? All right. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at it. Julio Jones fractures Liz Frank in 2013 in his next two seasons without surgery were his career best of all time. Brian Westbrook introduced Liz Frank in 2005 and his next two seasons were the career best rushing. No surgery. Career. Le'Veon Bell suffered a minor injury. No surgery. Bell suffered a minor injury to his Liz Frank in 2013, and his next two th- seasons were the best of his career. Um, <clears throat> the rest of that kind of goes down. MJD had a Liz Frank in 2012, no surgery, and he never had a good season after that. Antonio Holmes uh, suffered a uh, Liz Frank in 2012, had a sharp decline. Cedric Benson had a Liz Frank, no surgery, and never had a snap after that. And Ronnie Brown. Uh, Ronnie Brown and Darren Fadden both had Liz Frank, no surgery, and they're were pretty much over afterwards. So most people view the surgery, was pretty simple. but there are a few exceptions: Julio, Brian Westbrook, Le'Veon Bell, that didn't have the surgery and came back and had career, you know, seasons after that. Yeah, that so, Julio example. Now that Julio example is pretty compelling, right there, because Julio is it pretty is. damn awesome. Yeah. So it I hope is. that's the news. All right, let's keep. Yeah, going. Le'Veon Bell too. Let's go to the next call. Hey, what's up, C3? This is Jordan from Pittsburgh. I'm a long-time first-time caller. Hey, you know, I tweeted at you earlier today, Cody, about Cam Newton being placed on IR. I mean, it just seems bad, man. I mean, I I want him to be back on the field next year, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean... And and if it if it doesn't happen, they end up you know getting rid of them, which I hope they don't. You know I'm I'm ready to die up on that hill with you, Cody. I think Ron should go. I think they need to clean house if that happens. I mean he is the face of our franchise, and to give up a dynamic athlete like that, it's just ridiculous. But let me know what y'all think. Uh, keep pounding. When do you think the latest possible moment, Cody, that you can make that decision is? Uh, you mean on Ron Rivera? No, on Cam. Because um, for me, I feel like, hey, if we're not going to really lose any money by cutting them, we've got all the way till June. You know, and you can really see where Cam is going at that point. Now, you don't, you're not able to make a decision for the draft, but really – at six and two, this point we couldn't even. Last year we lost like it felt like twelve in a row, ten in a row, nine in a row, whatever the hell it was. It felt like a, a eternity of losing, and we still were picking like fifteen or something like that. So I mean, is that do you even make a shot and go for a quarter? I mean, like I don't even think the draft next year is realistic. So I think you almost get till June to make the decision. Yeah, that, that sounds about right to me. But listen, to, to kind of um, echo the sentiment of our caller, and, and you know, Cody hey, said this, man. Me? Like, if, if we're going to have this discussion, you know, the same discussion every week about Cam Newton, it, it's going to end up being 
been long. Dude, we've know? been having um, the same discussion about Cam Newton for the last I, I know. nine so years. It's like, don't we <laughs> want to be at the point where where we can move on and, and not have to have these same discussions all the time? It's time for a fresh new start here in Carolina. That's what I ultimately hope for. Second to us going on and having a very successful year this year. I mean, if we're able to pull out a Super Bowl, dude, who would have ever imagined that that was going to happen? I still can't imagine that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and none of us can. So if we're talking about if this isn't the team to do it, then we might need to do do something different. I tell you, I've, I've said and, and this on the what, show, guys, all the time, is Cam Newton will be the focus, to be the opening and the central focus of this podcast until he's not a Panther. And that is probably still, after he's not a Panther, it might take two months for it to not be the focus. It's just the reality. Well, Cam let, let and Cam, that's why the show so is it, called it, it, Carolina Without Cam. Really? It, 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 it might be let me, the... let me ask you this, fellas. Go ahead. Cam Newton hits the market. We cut him. He hits the market. But don't you think that the biggest headline and the biggest thing around the nation is going to be of top free agents? Cam Newton, do you want to that list? You... Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you don't think that the rest of the league is going to look at that as, oh, my gosh, Cam Newton's available. Yeah, because it's impossible to get a viable quarterback in free agency. People are getting excited when they get damn Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's the same right. thing we said about Ron Rivera last year. Yeah, oh, you're right about market. that. All right, next call. But I think even Ron Rivera would. Look, you can say what you want to, but okay. <laughs> All right, Greg, you're breaking up, so come back and uh, get jump out and jump back in. And, Cody, I'm going to go. I need a liquor drink. I haven't had a drink all, all day right. today. I need one. Cover this call for me, Cody. Sure thing. Hi, what's up? CP3 family. This is Cody. What's going on? Yeah, I have some news. Uh, With Cam Newton being out for the rest of the season, um, as much as I hate it, I think it's a good thing uh, because the next man's getting healthy. Now he should come back a hundred percent fully healthy next year. And um I think we have yet to see the best of Cam Newton. I think he can go he has something to prove next year. Um so I'm excited about Cam returning. But I do have a gripe, guys. Cody I know you're going to hate this as much as I do. Uh-oh. Um, I am so, Tony, I am so sick and tired of these outside guys like Fat Lock. And if you, you and if the fans, Panther fans don't know who Fat Lock is, it's Jason Whitlock. Fat Lock, yeah, Fat Lock. <laughs> and Stop. get all those people all right. on the panel, sorry ass, um, Marcellus Wiley. Yeah. Guys who was talking about the Panthers should move on from Cam Newton and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Prisoners of the moment. Okay, they keep the one thing, and Reggie Bush, I think the day was on there. And it, it, all of them ganged up on Reggie Bush. Bush was trying to explain it to them. 
why you gonna move on from the guy that has a with the resume of Cam Newton after not went not first giving him seeing how good he can be when he's fully healthy. Right. But we're but, talking to a wall and yeah, no one wants they, to hear they, that. They they just were talking a bunch of nonsense. And that would be stupid of this staff. I, I mean Moving on from Cam Newton will be the dumbest thing that they will make. Without letting his man, when he's 100 next year, show if he still got it or not. And then, of course, I know Cal Kurtz. I know he said something. I don't even have to watch his shows. No, he that put his two cents or something. I mean, it's just stuff like that just pisses me off. If you don't know nothing but what goes on Carolina outside where I stay the hell out of Carolina because with your opinion because you know shit but anyway that's my rant for this time and guys I will alright I think that's it hey uh shout out to Carl dude thank you for the call man uh <laughs> Listen, it's I, I'm not a fan. Uh, I know that Greg watches um, uh, Speak for Yourself. Um, I, I, I'm a fan of uh, Wiley and Whitlock sometime. Um, but, I, I mean, yeah, listen, everyone has the same hypocritical opinion. I mean, if Cam Newton is good enough to play for the Bears, then why wouldn't he be good enough to play for the Panthers? Um, but, again, it's so incomplete right now, man. So much of this conversation is dependent upon how Kyle Allen finishes out the year for the Panthers. So um, as of right now, yeah, yeah, 100% it is because if if we go eight and eight, uh, I mean, is there really going to be credence to hanging on to, to Kyle Allen? If it's an eight and eight team or nine and seven, like, uh, I mean, it, it goes back to the question, how long are we willing to accept mediocrity? Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. As I mean, I don't know how. What I'm asking, what could he do? What does he have to do for you to say, you know, what we're okay with this for more than just a stopgap? But uh, next call. Yo, what's up, guys? Here's my thing. Oh, oh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, CK. Well, what I wanted to say is, you know, so many people are writing Cam Newton off. My problem is, and I made this point before, and I think it's so important for people to realize this. Most every quarterback that you're going to consider a great quarterback, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, uh, Eli Manning, all of these, they had their best years after eight years in the league. So Thank you. What we're assuming is that Cam Newton has this ceiling that he's already hit. When he was surpassing, take out his rushing yards, he was surpassing a lot of the stats that these greats were doing in their first eight years, which were, by the way, their worst years. So you're saying that Cam Newton can't elevate beyond that? I think it's unfair to do that. And I'm telling you, I'm going to make a comparison here, and I think most people can probably uh, agree with this comparison. Indianapolis Colts, after the shoulder or the, the neck surgery to Peyton Manning, let him go, moved on, because they got a first, like the number two pick in the draft with Andrew Luck, right? So, or number one pick, um, and that's that. They were okay with that because Andrew 
Love did right. We're not going to have a number two pick. We're not going to have a number one pick this year. I agree. It's not going to happen. So we're going to end up moving on from Cam Newton. What if he goes to the Broncos and he does exactly what Peyton Manning did, which is exactly. just elevate that team to another level, like an incredible level. Like that team, when he went there, was one of the most dynamic offensive attacks that I think we've seen in NFL history because they were yeah. – I mean, he broke – he broke – the like a, a plenty of records that year. Yeah, he threw like so, fifty five touchdowns. Only for, only for one year. And for one fine. year. After that, that's he was fine. garbage. He was also like forty though. No, he did it for three years. He did it for three years. The last year he was there is when he went downhill. He did it. And really they won a Super Bowl for, that year. A long, long time. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the year he went downhill. Just, I think your point, CK, is that it's just premature to move on from Cam right at this moment with the information well, we got. It's premature. It's and, premature to assume he can't go get better than yeah, where he right. has been. I right. agree. It's, is that too many people are prisoners to make by that this, assumption that his career is over? And there's been too many, too many comparisons to him and Andrew Luck when it came to that, him in the shoulder, having to sit out the year. And I don't know if Cam Newton is ready for his story in the NFL to be done. I don't think it is. So, all right. I don't think so either, but it's damn hard to not – draw comparisons and i'll just add on uh tack on a little bit to what ck was saying dude all these assholes that think they have a crystal ball that can look into the future and they just know that cam newton is done like dude you don't know shit you're basing that off of your own opinion on cam newton just like we're basing it on our opinion of cam newton no one knows what the future holds we only know that when cam newton is healthy and is in control of the offense we're one of the best teams in football that's what we're hoping for. And if that doesn't happen, then, I mean, it's it's a tragedy. But uh, I, and you, you mentioned the, the Broncos. Listen, someone that has been so complimentary of Cam Newton for years has been Bill Belichick. And now there's all this talk about Tom Brady. he's never beat him. Ta- yeah, and Tom. But never, he, he's never beat Cam Newton. He did an interview where he talked about Cam Newton is the hardest quarterback to prepare for. I mean, he really is a, a, a tough time to prepare for. So, dude, imagine if if Cam Newton was signed by a Bill Belichick Patriots. Mm. Like, I, I guarantee no one wants that to happen because no. that just furthers their dynasty right, so a lot longer. Christina Aguilar, Aguilar, thank you for your support on the show, Christina. She says, come on, you guys. Cam does it. And she could be talking to people in the chat room, too, because there's been a big fight in the chat room all night. But uh, she says, come on, guys. Cam doesn't walk on water. He's not perfect. He's definitely dynamic and charismatic, but he hasn't been healthy for a while. All right. So, agree. All right. You know what? He's not perfect, um, but uh, he is dynamic. He is And he hasn't been healthy for a while, but he's really – Ben, it's it's hard to foresee a better option for the Carolina Panthers in the short term. Even if we say this, and I think Jeff Hodge goes back to it, you know what I would do is I'd really, if he's healthy next year, you don't cut him, you keep him. And then you know what? You franchise tag him, and you make him really mad. And he can hold out then and do all of that. But, boy, that's the best way. You get two years out of him, and if you think that that's time to part ways, then you do it that way. I think that would be kind of cold. You're saying you want to let him go and choose his team and stuff, Cody. I'm sitting here trying to make him a prisoner. 
I, I want to do right lock him up Cam in my Newton. attic and love I want to do right by Cam Newton because we have done so wrong by him for such a long time. So underground West, it, underground West said he has not been healthy, but he does walk on on water. <laughs> he has yeah, not been yeah, healthy, yeah. but he does, does. walk on water. Of yes. Course. Good point. I, good point. I, also, I also don't think that Cam Newton would be mad at us for franchise tag and would pay him $35 million for that year. Because the franchise tag by that time is going to be about $30, $32 million. I don't think he's going to be that unhappy with that. When he hasn't played that well, I don't think he's going to get a contract that gives him that much money anywhere else. So a franchise tag might be the best thing for him. I tell you one well, thing we wouldn't... is find somebody who loves you like Tony loves Cam Newton. That's my advice. There you go. I don't know if you'll find <laughs> well, that anywhere. Is, that's assuming that we keep him after next year. You know, with right. that. What's, what's really interesting is next year, even with that $21 million that he's uh, scheduled to make, he's still the 15th uh, highest paid cute quarterback. He's which cheap. means he's got – yeah, that's that's really cheap in today's you know economy of quarterbacks. So if if you want to be able to move forward and actually have a winning uh, franchise uh, next year, Kyle Allen isn't going to get the job done. They're going to be enough tape on him to where they're going to see where his weaknesses are. Um, he can go certainly. I don't think he has a high ceiling. I think Cam Newton provides a much higher ceiling and a lot more optimism within the fan base and the empty seats in Bank of America Stadium on uh, keep pounding game uh against the titans should uh illustrate that um is this true is this look i just googled 2019 quarterback salaries stafford 29 and a half million kirk cousins 29 million aaron Rodgers 26 and a half russell wilson 26.2 ben roethlisberger 26.2 eli manning 23.2 they did uh $23.2 million to have Eli Manning be your backup. Um, then yeah. Cam Newton comes in at 23.2. Phillip Rivers, 23. Drew Brees, 22. Derek Carr, 22.5. Jameis Winston's getting paid $21 million this year. Marcus Mariota got paid $21 million this year. Andy Dalton got paid. You're talking about the – dude, Matt Ryan only made $15 million. He deserves it. What a joke. Let's break up these calls momentarily and bring in Rafael Esparza, mybookie.ag. I'd like to welcome back Rafael Esparza, head odds maker for mybookie.ag, the place where you can go bet on NFL, PGA, NASCAR, soccer, the place you play, you win, you get paid. Rafael, it's a sad day for Panther fans, Cam Newton to IR. We're contemplating our future, so we're ready to bet. We're ready to bet on other teams. <laughs> don't be, I mean, don't be too shy. Is it really a sad day? I mean, a lot of people thought that he wasn't going to be a Panther next year anyway, so I don't know how bad of a sad day it's going to be. At least you now have, okay, now you know he's not going to be there this year. So now do you, is Kyle Allen your quarterback, or maybe you can get a look at the draft, trades. There's going to be some good quarterbacks out there at the end of the season. So at least you have clarity now with some teams like Denver who has no clarity. I don't know. We want Cam. We want Cam forever. Never expected a time without Cam. It's one of those, it's just a hard moment for some of us. But let's look around the league and talk about some of the things that are happening in the betting world. Um, right now, if we just focus on the NFC South like we like to do on this show, Arizona Cardinals are going to be going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, man, again, a team. You saw Jameis Winston go in front of the microphone and say that 
I mean, the glass is half full and also half full of air. Is that hot air? What are this? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't figure them out. I like the Cardinals. I don't I don't know if I like I mean, I think the Cardinals are getting better each week. Where do you see this kind of shaking out? Yeah, I agree. I think the Cardinals are getting better each week. And I, and I look at maybe taking the Cardinals. I think the betting public opened up at five and a half Tampa Bay, quickly got bet down to four and a half. And I would not be shocked if we see three and a half by kickoff. I still I still think there's great value with the Cardinals at plus four and a half. Because what Tampa Bay team are you going to get? Are you going to get good Jameis or are you going to get bad Jameis who throws uh, interceptions all over the place? This number opened up around six. And that, I mean, the number the betters have told you they have no confidence in Jameis in Tampa Bay. I still think there's value at four and a half, and I would not be shocked if this thing continues to plumble down uh, as Arizona money comes in. We've been fading the Atlanta Falcons all season, and it seems like uh, the betting public is fading them pretty hard. The New Orleans Saints, they go to New Orleans to face a division rival. They're 13 and a half point dogs. The Atlanta Falcons are. Is it really this bad? Because, you know, division game, you feel like these guys, we play each other tough in those spots, but the Falcons, man, they just cannot play defense. 51 and a half points as the over and under there. If the Saints don't blow them up by 14 points or more, they deserve a half a loss on their record because the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons are horrible. Not only are they 1-7, they're 2-6 and six against the spread, and the, pay, and the Saints are 6-2 and two against the spread with a 7-1 record. They can easily win their next four games and, and since up that division because uh, they still have to play you guys twice. They still have to play the Buccaneers. It's, uh, this should be an ugly blowout game. But like I said, if they don't, if they win by, let's say, a late second field goal, they should be 7-1 and a half. I mean, they, they should easily blow this team I'm okay out. with that. I'm totally okay with that because I think this is a trap game. I would put my money here on Atlanta. I know that you probably want to stay away from this 13 and a half points, though, against the division team. And I just can't figure out why Atlanta's so bad. Yeah, I mean, it is a division. They both are coming off fire weeks. But what, what has Atlanta show, or showed you all season long, especially at home? I mean, they've given up over, what, I think 62 points the last two home games. They lost to Arizona on the road. They lost to Houston bad on the road, 53-32. to 32. I, I just don't want to put my hard-earned money uh, on Atlanta Falcons. I really tell my wife to continue to shop on Amazon and tell her to bet the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. With the Panthers, uh, the Panthers are going to Green Bay. It's a tough matchup. Uh, only um, five-point dogs. I mean, I guess that that number is where it's at because of the performance of Green Bay last week, correct? Yeah, if Green Bay wins, let's say Green Bay blows out the Chargers. This is a solid seven. So I yeah. think you're getting value with Green Bay here. I'm sorry, Panther fans who are listening to me. I love you guys. But getting to Aaron Rodgers at home minus five, I think it's a, a steal because maybe Aaron Rodgers and the Packers said that, hey, maybe they were too busy reading the limelight, reading all their press clippings, saying that they were going to blow out the Chargers. They knew the Green Bay fans were going to outdo the Charger fans in L.A. Uh, this is a, a, a nice spot. I'm going to wait to see if this number comes down because it is that uh, some shops have four and a half and five on, on, on Green Bay. The money coming in on Carolina I'm going to be very interesting because let's see, Carolina is one, what, five out of six? Their only bad hiccup was against an undefeated team, the 49ers, that have the defense all over the place. This is a make-or-break game for both teams. If Carolina has a, another dud, then are they legit? If Green Bay has a dud, okay, maybe back-to-back -back losses. Maybe we need to step back, and Aaron Rodgers is not the greatest thing than sliced bread. 
Well, he is the greatest thing since Cam Newton because Cam Newton's the best thing since life spread. But uh, I would have a hard time betting against Green Bay uh, in Green Bay with uh, – that's a hard bet. I Like you said about you wouldn't let your wife bet the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know if I'd let my wife bet the Carolina Panthers this week because of that. I think Green Bay sobers up in the cold weather. They were enjoying the warm weather in L.A. too much. They get back to cold. And I hope the Panthers contend. I wonder, what do you think about this? Is where do you see the forty-seven number at? Is there any va- Is this the play that maybe because if you're worried about the Panthers trying to cover that number, do you see the over uh, hitting here, or do these two defenses tighten up? Why not? Carolina's cashed four straight over tickets. They're, I mean, they're two big wins. Tennessee scored thirty points. Tampa Bay has scored thirty points. Jacksonville has scored over thirty points. So why not take the over on that? Because you figure if Carolina needs to beat the best mustache in the game, dating Danica Patrick, then you need to score points uh, <laughs> against Green Bay. So, yeah, I mean, and even Green Bay have scored, I think, four of their last six games have gone over the total. So, yeah, I thought the total was a tad low as myself. I made this total 48 and a half. Okay, well, go. You got time, folks, to go to my bookie and get on the 47 action. There's some value there. Let's look uh, around the league real quick. Uh, uh, next game on the slate, it's a 1 o'clock game. Detroit Lions at Chicago Bears. I'm surprised that this isn't a pick or that this isn't a pick to be honest. Why you got the Bears favored here when they can't? They mustered nine yards of offense in the first half of last week's game. People keep on asking me why the Bears favor because a Bears money does come in and and no one really bets the Detroit Lions. Hello to the Detroit Lions, but let's face it, Matt Stafford, who's probably the quietest MVP candidate, leads the league in touchdown passes. Give me Detroit in this one. I want nothing to do with Trubinsky. I want nothing to do with that offensive line, and it's not all Trubinsky's fault. It's that offensive line that gives him no support whatsoever. But of course, you're always going to blame the quarterback, not the offensive line, because who can name? One guy on the offensive line of Chicago Bears right now that's listening to this podcast. Nobody. I can't even name one someone in that offensive line. So, yeah, give me the Lions plus the points. I like the Lions here because I think the Lions are one of those teams that people assume are bad because they're the Lions. And then you look at some of their struggles in the season. You see that tie. Arizona comes back. But I think the Lions are a better team than people give them credit for. Uh, Minnesota goes to Dallas. Dallas three-point favorites. The Minnesota Vikings got a kind of a, a sobering loss. They lost to Harrison Butker, who is a former Carolina Panther, actually, uh, kicked a last-minute field goal. Right here, the over-under is 48. How do you see this panning out in Dallas? If you throw that victory out to the kid Dallas had at home against the Eagles, they've beaten the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Redskins, and the Giants again. I like the plus points here. Give me the Vikings. You said it. Close game. Easily could have won that game against Kansas City uh, that snapped their four-game winning streak. I think they can compete in this game, and I think they can win against this game. Dallas does not have home field advantage. Jerry's world is, a, is an easy place to steal a road victory. Give me the Vikings. What do you think about Thursday night football, Los Angeles versus Oakland? You got the California teams going after it. Uh, Los Angeles, one-point favorite. I feel like all of that is coming from the very fact that they just beat Green Bay. But they have stunk yeah, like, all season, though. I agree. I like the Raiders here. They've covered five out of eight. And let's face it, the Raiders have been probably one of the biggest surprise teams that no one's talking about because everyone thought they were going to stink this year. 
uh, and maybe rebuild and start thinking about their, all their draft picks they have when they move to Vegas. But, yeah, I like the, the, the Raiders here. And the Chargers, are they going to be in London next year? Are they going to be in Mexico? Are they going to be in St. Louis? All the teams that people want the Chargers, because I don't think the Chargers stay in L.A. Give me the Raiders in this spot. Why do you not just – I want to pick your brain on that. Why do you think the Chargers can't, as they build that – trillion dollar billion dollar stadium why why do you not think that was la just too fickle for two teams yeah too fickle they're both fighting with each other the 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 chargers and the rams both owners hate each other one needs to go one needs to stay the rams are going to support the rams will be supported and let's face it anytime we see that thunderbolt you're going to think san diego not la either go back to san diego will go out of the USA, which I think I think the the Mexico City Chargers or maybe even the London Chargers will sound better than the Los Angeles Chargers. Is there any value with the Bills this week? They go to Cleveland, two-and-a-half-point dogs. The Bills, yeah, we've learned that they might not be a dominant team, but they still got a good defense. The Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. They are a mess, and I don't know how they come out of it, but – do you think that the home field advantage here is enough, or is there any value here with Buffalo? 39-and-a-half point uh, over-under there, too. Yeah, probably under because that Buffalo D is really good, and I like Buffalo. Cleveland's too worried about what cleats they can wear on the field, what, how much time do I have to shave my mustache or beard. Can they we bet on that? that? Can we bet? I, I can you I get a prop know. bet on that? I will. I'll put a prop bet up, and I'll and I'll tag you on Twitter when uh, sometime this week about prop bet. Will someone shave a mustache off? But let's face it: the the Browns need a co- a head coach that has discipline, and their head coaches lately have no discipline. Give me Buffalo. I want nothing to do with Cleveland. I would have I rather bet the Cleveland Cavaliers to win the NBA championship <laughs> than to bet the Cleveland Browns to win a football game. I tell you one thing is Monday Night Football has been a train wreck this season, but boy, do we got a matchup this week. Seattle Seahawks travel to San Francisco. You know it's going to be tough. I think six six points is a lot here for San Francisco. You keep wondering when will they lose, will they lose. And Seattle, it's one of those teams, man, they always find a way to be relevant. It doesn't matter what circumstances are facing them. This is a tough game to bet here, but people like to make a little bit of money back on Monday after the weekend. 46 and a half over under here. I kind of like the over, and I'm and I'm worried about taking San Francisco. I'm leaning towards the under myself. Oh. I know Seattle threw up 40 points against Tampa, but I don't think it's Tampa Bay's defense. Look what the 49ers yeah, defense can do. They held you guys to 13 points. They held the Redskins and Rams to a total of seven points. And this is a battle of quarterbacks that had some weird history. Seattle, Russell Wilson, would not have sex until he was married with his wife. And you have Jimmy G, who's dating porn stars. This is a fantastic matchup. I can't wait to watch this. I think it's going to be a defensive battle here. I said, I know you said the over, but I think if the 49ers need to win this game, they need to keep it under. If you like Seattle, then maybe bet the over, because I think Seattle's going to need to put up at least 30-plus points against this 49er defense. So if you want to bet the total, Look at who you think is going to win the game before you bet that total. You think Josh Gordon plays in this game, and does that factor in at all? I, I don't think it's going to factor in. I, th- I don't think he does play. And if he does, how much does he know in the playbook? Well, run to the end zone and let Russell Wilson throw a prayer up to God, and it will be answered for sure. That's my thought. He's a, he's a very fortunate soul. And maybe it is that uh, moral plane that he was on. All right, Raphael, um, let's turn this. Is that one question here? The Carolina Hurricanes are, are 
and Philadelphia right here. What do you? What is the no go up? Oh, Philadelphia scored a goal already. Isn't that what people like to take? You take the tell us about the first period bet you can make. A lot of people like to make usually on hockey games. Yeah, I mean uh, this year a lot of good money has been going on a first uh, first uh, the first half or first quarter goal or first half or quarter first goal to be scored in ten minutes. A lot of them San Jose's really good bet. The Vegas Golden Knights are really good bet. The first team to score in ten minutes. I mean, love. Uh, everyone's been betting more prop bets in NHL than betting the game itself. So uh, prop betting has been really, really big so far to start off the NHL season. I think it's going to be probably the way it is because, let's face it, the NHL is probably the fourth least bet sport when it comes to the power four in football. Of course, it's football at one, NBA number two, college basketball number three, and sometimes golf and UFC have more action than than the uh, uh, NHL season does on that day. So. We love to see any kind of action NHL. So good action, bad action is better than no action. What do you guys have the line for the Charlotte Hornets uh, tonight? By the way, uh, they covered that uh, that Sacramento Kings game and just straight out won it last week that we talked about. Yeah, that was interesting. Charlotte was a two-and-a-half-point uh, home favorite against Indiana. Last time I checked, Indiana was a big uh, double digits uh, so far. Uh, Indiana's going to be a very interesting team. I, I think they're going to be an uprising team when they get Oladipo back. Uh, but let's face it, Charlotte's looking at the NBA draft. Yep. All right. All right, great stuff, Raphael. Tell them where they can go uh, to, to safely bet and be part of the most trusted America's most trusted bookie site. Go over to mybookie.ag, get that 100% sign-up bonus. We have MAC action starting tonight, Wednesday, Thursday football. We have football every day this week right now. We have a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What a great way to ignore, to ignore the loved ones and just watch football. College basketball tipped off today, late action going tonight. It's just a great time to sign up over at mybookie. Don't forget to use the promo code OVERTIME. That's the promo code OVERTIME. Rafael, we'll catch, you up, catch up with you next week, man. Take it easy. Have a fantastic week. All right, next call. I got a little analogy for you, okay? Say you're a manager, okay, anywhere. Doesn't really freaking matter where, all right? Popeyes. You're responsible for your employees, <laughs> right? You're make, you have to make sure that they do not only their job, but they're showing up to work ready to perform the way that they should be. They aren't showing up drunk. They aren't showing up you know, hurt or they aren't going to do something that's going to jeopardize the company, right? Well, how is this any different than Ron being head coach? It's okay? totally different. I've been saying, I've been thinking this in my head for weeks, and I've been saying it to a few people. Cody, Cody I know you heard Cody's going to like it. Josh, I know you've heard me too. Yeah. How the hell is it that it is not Ron's fault that Cam is as injured as he is? Okay, Cam getting injured in the first place. That happens, okay? But Cam should not have been playing week one and two. How do you not know he that your quarterback it. can't run? How can you not see that he's in pain trying to run around the field, doing what he needs to be doing during practice? Just how? How do you miss that? You know, Cam, no. in, my, in my mind, and I could be wrong, you know, this is just my opinion, in my opinion, Cam would not be as injured as he is right now if he had actually sat out week one and two. If I had to guess, he probably would have been back by yeah. week six. You know? Well, that's because I think how, where how he really injured it. How the hell is this not on Ron? How the hell is this not on Ron? 
Cody, I'm climbing the hill with you, buddy. Okay? You Appreciate you, brother. You badass and roll me down and knock everybody down that's trying to take over the hill. But I'm up there with you. Okay? <laughs> Ron should either Thanks be fired brother. or you should just be defensive coordinator. You know, well, what do you I think that's think? a si- – all right, so here, Cody, I've heard this is a – defensive coordinator on the team. This is the second person I've heard this. Somebody actually realistically floated out getting a new head coach and keeping Ron as a defensive coordinator. That's just impossible. That doesn't work. Yeah, you you can't can't do that. that. You can't can't demote somebody and even keep them around anymore. In fact, the only person you can do that to is Washington. There are some coaches that are better as coordinators than head coaches. Um I, I, I would, I wouldn't mind if that happened, but yeah, you're right. That doesn't happen. No head coach is going to take a pay cut to stay on and then have some other guy usurp them when they've been the head cheese for the past nine years. No, it's just not a good situation. But Tony, that's why before, before this season and at the end of last season, how was I framing this when I was talking about Ron Rivera? It's time to rip the band-aid off. Because even though it might be painful right now, go through this process now so that way you're getting the growing pains of the next coach and their new staff out of the way. But now it's a conversation that we're pushing even further down the road and we're still left wondering, is Ron Rivera the, the coach for the Panthers? By the way, we're going into a primetime football game against the Green Bay Packers on the road. I don't know if I need to remind you guys about the last thing that happened when we were on the road against a good football team in the NFC. But in this game, in my opinion, if Ron Rivera puts up another terrible performance with these Panthers, it's inexcusable. It's absolutely inexcusable. And I hope more but, people join me on that hill if it does happen. But, Cody, you talk about it when you say Ron Rivera puts up a bad performance, like Ron Rivera controls everything that happens on the field. You call the play, and then sometimes it's the bad call. I'll give you that. Sometimes there are terrible calls he makes. But sometimes it's the right call with the players making the wrong move. You can't put all the blame of every bad play on Ron Rivera. It's just I'll not never, possible. I'll, I'll, I'll never put all the blame on Ron Rivera. So, so then but, you can't say that if he goes out, out there and underperforms. We'll no, give him kudos say, if they dominate the uh, the Packers. Oh, if, yeah. if we don't I mean, adjust. Listen, if oh yeah, okay. listen, Have I not given credit to Ron Rivera and North Turner when they deserve it? No. Will, it, it, start to, will it affect your outlook, though? Because yeah. um, really, I mean, you've already said you're still firing him at 11 and 5. So it's like kind of hard to foresee what Ron, what Ron Rivera can do other than win a Super Bowl this season out. to change you. Right. Well, well I'll, I'll make it even more specific. What if we go there and we're getting beat 17 to 3 at halftime and you see adjustments in the second half well, that's and we come back and happen. win that game? That's I'm just kind of hypothetical. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. You gotta put it out there. (laughs) You're good. I don't care. Hey, I do want to say one thing about that caller real quick. He's right and he's wrong. Okay, because he said if it hadn't been for Cam Newton playing week two, he wouldn't have got injured. Well, of course not, because he got injured in week two. So yeah, of course if he hadn't played in week two, he would have injured. But second of all, when the season started, 
Cam Newton was telling everybody how great he felt and how he was ready to play the game. And you know what? He came out in week one and played damn good. So if he's telling his coaches that, then what else do the coach if, – if, if I tell you I'm feeling fine but I'm really not, or maybe I am and I get injured in week two, then what else do the coaches have to go off of? They have to go off what he says. I'm sure if he was injured to a point where he felt like he couldn't play, he would have said something and they wouldn't have played him. Tell me if this I'm, is I'm fair. Sure, you know? tell, tell me if this is fair. Cam Newton not reporting the foot injury and telling the team about it week one and week two, I'll put the blame on Cam Newton. But last year – I put the blame on Ron Rivera. But, 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 but I put the blame on Ron Rivera because he knew that Cam Newton was hurt and continued to play him and run him into the ground. It took, I'll give it you took, that. Based on I'll all give you or that. nothing. Yeah. Based on all or nothing, it took Tepper mm-hmm. saying, we need to do something about it. Yeah. That's when the decision exactly. was made. <laughs> like, like, I mean, right. it, was, it, it took the owner to tell the coaches, all right, there's something wrong. Like a, a, a guy who is not a part of the decisions within the coaching uh, you know, of who's starting, who's not, had to tell the coaches, let's move on. And to um, be fair to Cody on this, it also took the whole world to tell him that you need to take Christian McCaffrey out when you're winning by three touchdowns. And then guess yeah. what? Like, it took the whole world pointing the obvious out that you're winning, and the one guy who's been the bright spot of your team is unnecessarily out there. And it was still, it just was last week that he started, that he did it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- listen, th- I think we all agree, though, that this Green Bay Packers game, I feel, I don't know how you guys feel, I feel this game is going to tell us everything that we need to know about the 2019 Carolina Panthers. That's how important this next game against Green Bay is. And it's going to determine if I have any shred of faith in Ron Rivera and the Panthers to make a run. What if we drop this one, though, and win against Seattle? I'm not ready. I think we get, I think Seattle could we're, be a then we're still in it, yeah. Too. All right, next yeah. call is 20 split. seconds. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Tony, if you don't shave the mustache, me and Josh are going to drive down from Nash, and we're going to shave it <laughs> off you, all right? Fair warning. I'm shaving it when Cam yeah. comes back. Starting to look like it's my playoff head. beard. Who the hell was that? Right. What did he say? Head. Hold on, hold on. I got to do this again. Starting to look like the head coach. From who the hell was it that we just kicked their asses? Starting to look like him. You don't want to look like oh, him. Vrabel. Oh, Vrabel. Gosh, no. If I got a Vrabel mustache, dude, I ain't ever shaving that sucker. That thing was <laughs> thick as a dang Amazon. What's good, fellas? This is Joe Morgan. Uh... I just got off work, not to go to the home. What's up, Joe? I had Addison Joint. Um, Cam Newton news, man. Got me in my emotions because I just know that we're gonna. He's not gonna be back next year. I ho- I'll pray. Unless Kyle Allen just stinks it up for the rest of the year, but I think I think we're gonna listen to the media. I think Pepper. I think Pepper's gonna go in another direction. And I don't think it's going to be successful direction, but I think it's what just the, the financials. It just makes sense. With mm. that being said, though, I just know that Cam is going to go to the Patriots next year. Bill Belichick. No, gosh, no. Five years of Bill Belichick. I'm telling you, man. I mean, this is a sad day, Carolina Panthers history. Um, this is a sad day, man. But I mean, it really is. Can be healthy to come back and 
bullshit it. I want you know, I want to have a career after football, whatever. So bad day, but Kyle Allen, you gotta just show us, show us the job was yours. The media gave it to you after that first game, so just prove it. Get us to the playoffs. I don't know what this means for Ryan Rivera. Hopefully, she's still going, but you never know. Um. So yeah, injury reserve cam. Kind of stressed out. Don't know what to do. Should I cry? Should I be angry? But just a whole confusion situation. But it'll be all right. All right, I'll check in later tonight. I think that's the call of the night right there. Yeah. And I think it's the call of the night because, um, you know, you asked what team would he go to that you couldn't cheer for him, and it's not even the Patriots, dude. Like, it's just the Falcons. Like, uh, you know what would be the saddest thing in my life is that if both Randy Moss and Cam Newton had their best years in New England. Because I loved Mm. Randy Moss. He was my dude. He was my Mm. dude, man. Good gosh. Great call. Thank you. Let me see if this thing. Hey guys, this is Michael Hart in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, what's um, up, Michael? I'm sure you're in the chat I understand that, so um, I thought I'd just chime in. Uh, I'll try to keep this short. Um, it, this whole everything we've been talking about—it seems to have divided the fan base a a, a, a good mm-hmm. bit. I've never seen anything like this before yeah, with our fan base. But uh, I'm oh, on the here. keep cam train. Uh, I think I'd like to think the majority of the fan base is. But for those who aren't, it, it almost seems like people have forgotten what healthy Cam can do and what he's what he's done for us. We we've only seen hurt Cam since that Pittsburgh game, and it's like people just forgot what he did before that. Amen. And maybe maybe part of that's his fault for playing through some injuries. He's competitive to a fault. That that's who he is. And I, I, honestly, I kind of like that about him. And even though it's a little irresponsible in hindsight, twenty twenty or you know fifty fifty or whatever. Um, but we're only discussing this injured Cam, it seems like, and we're just assuming that he's not going to get healthy again. Why Why do we take a chance like that? But we're we're never going to have another Cam. Like, this is it. And maybe, at the very least, he deserves one last shot. Just one more shot. Let's let him get healthy for next year, restructure whatever we have to with the contract. But it, his career kind of deserves it. A hail mary, if nothing else, you know, you, you try to win a game at the end. One hundred percent. It probably it might not work, but it might get intercepted, or or, or it might work. And at the very least, you, you don't want to take a knee and let him go out this way. This feels like Steve Smith all over again. Where it, I wish we could have done it differently, and we have a chance to just give him, let him go out on top, or at least have a chance to go out on top. He's he's given everything for this team, and if nothing else, I really think he deserves it. Um, let me know what you guys think. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Keep pounding. Take it, Cody. I agree. Yeah, I mean, the the Hail Mary, it, it, it's sad that it's even come to this. But, yeah, man, that's what it is. After, I feel like a broken record, dude. After everything Cam Newton has done for the team, after he has shouldered the offense for years and, and, and had to make magic, yeah, Cam Newton deserves a chance to be healthy with these offensive weapons around him. I don't know what else to say. It, it needs to happen. He deserves a chance um, to prove that he is still the guy. And if he can't, then we're going to find out pretty soon, and we'll, we'll know that it's time to move on. 
But right now, we don't have enough evidence to know that it's time to move on. All right. Next call. What? Hey, guys. Josh from Mass. And, uh, well, we've heard, uh, we've all heard it at this point. Cam's on IR. Probably done for the season. And honestly, I think even if there's been some some of the rumblings, well, you know, IR is eight weeks, and eight weeks is the start of the playoffs. And it's like, okay, so even if we do make the playoffs, do we – we really want to drag that man out there at that point. You know, who's to say what kind of shape he'll be in after eight? I don't think eight want to go out there. Um, a lot of ways uh, you could really interpret this. Um, I think some of it is the staff deciding that <sighs> deciding that maybe this season, despite the position we're in, we're five and three. We're not a terrible team. We're not a great team. We're a middle of the road team. We're just I think some of it could be that they're just deciding let it roll with what we've got right now and let's see what happens as opposed to trying to bring Cam back or push him back, um, you know, maybe to take pressure off of him. Um, and another side of it is, is I, I hate to say it because I was at that last game in Charlotte that he played in, that Thursday nighter. Mm. And aside from the fact that he didn't look like himself, there was a vibe. There was a vibe to that game. A vibe that felt a whole lot like the game I went to last season where it was Thomas Davis's last home game in a Panthers uniform. It was Ryan Khalil's last Panthers game. Um, you know, Julius Peppers, his last home game. As a Panther, and Thomas Davis is last. I hate to say, but it felt like the end for a little while, and it sucks to say that because this is a man who, who, since he came into the league, since he came to this team, has been like the torch, the light of Panther Nation, the heart of Panther Nation in so many ways. You know, giving footballs to kids. All the charity work he does with kids, the the dancing and the dabbing and the celebration on the field and the charisma and to think that that might be closer to the end than it is to the beginning is it's rough. That is. Mm-hmm. Here, here's part. Uh, I do want to comment on and, that. Uh, I think I'm he's got a part. I'm going to call back. He's going to he calls back. Josh from Mass. Thanks first of all for your support of the show always and for being a, a great Panther fan. And I think that that's been the hardest part for me is to contemplate. I never really had to ever consider a Carolina <coughs> Panthers team without Cam Newton for the last 10 years or nine years or whatever, be technical about it. The last decade, I just assumed, and in fact, I said it before this season started, is I wouldn't mind if in 2044 Cam Newton was still our quarterback. <laughs> Um, so that's the sad part is to think about someone who is so beloved and has meant so much to us just as fans from where Cody's love of football is reinvigorated to, you know, I bought his jersey before he played a down for the Carolina Panthers who brought excitement to the team. And also, let's be honest, the only superstar Charlotte has ever had in any sport. Alonzo oh, Morning is close. Maybe Alonzo Morning. 
But I can't think of a, a real superstar. Maybe Julius Peppers, but it's still hard to put him in the same excitement category as a Cam Newton and how much he's meant for a team. So if it is the end of an era, it's a sad, sad moment for a lot of us. Um, and, yes. and that's why we're so uh, probably defensive of Cam. And you know what? We've been defending Cam since the beginning. That's what the irritating yeah. part about this is, is now it's time to have a real-ass conversation about Cam and his future. But we've been having this stupid effing conversation since 2010, 2011. You know, with all – so why yeah. – that's why we get defensive and irritated with the Cam haters because they've been there even when he's been great. Or they shut the hell up. They be real quiet when Cam Newton's out there making things happen. But the first damn thing that goes that errant pass, they're all out after him. And so that's why we're defensive and irritated, I think. Last call of the night. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, Josh, again. Um, so, yeah, I, it's painful to think of it being the last hurrah. Like, this is it because the last hurrah wasn't much of a hurrah. It's been kind of a season-long, to this point, car accident that's just going in slow motion because we only get so much information, um, you know. I think there's some big shakeups coming to this organization. Um, I hate to say it, but I think we're going to see Ron and Norv and all that. We're going we're gonna to see a shift. I think them two are gone. I think the whole Cody's got gone. a spot for his um, lieutenant. I'm really getting the vibe that you know they're Pepper's either looking to start over next year with a new man and let Cam ride it out and see what he can do, or he's just going to full sail, burn the house down, um, get the insurance money and build himself a new house. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to argue with Cam's <laughs> cap hit next year. It really, it really is. It's a lot of money, um, that we could certainly put into places. We've got, what, half, <laughs> damn near half our starting defense is either due to be re-signed or be a free agent or whatever. So, I don't want it to be that. Let me be frank. I don't want this to be the end. Don't be I'd Liz like Frank. I said, said let's be Frank. You know, <laughs> coaching staff is gone, and Tepper's just like told Marty, you're staying, but you need to do the right thing when it comes to Cam. You need to do right by Cam. Put him on IR. And you know what? Let, let Ron and co. prove themselves. I mean, really prove themselves. Uh, you know, there will be no Cam Newton saving careers or jobs here. There will be none of that. This is you've put together a nice little body of work in his absence. Let's see if you can keep doing it. And if you can keep doing it, then maybe just maybe Tepper will become a believer. But me personally, I'm still willing to die on that hill. And that's not the only hill I'm willing to die on. I'm willing to die on the hill that Ron Rivera needs to go and so does most of the current staff because I feel like it's just not How big is this hill? That last hump. I'm yeah. telling you, man. I've got um, a I'm willing to die dude. on the hill. But Tony needs to just just shave that mustache, man. Come on, man. You're <laughs> doing yourself no favors. <laughs> Keep pounding. Just go full beard, man. We'll make it through. Dude, Keep I can't even grow a full mustache, let alone a full beard. <laughs> um, Cody, Cody.
Cody just deployed the Massachusetts Minuteman on Breed's Hill because that's really where the <laughs> battle occurred was Breed's Hill, not Bunker's Hill. Cody and Massa and Josh, the leader of the Massachusetts militiamen, dug in on the hill, deploying their troops uh, after Ron Rivera. And hey, you know what the hill represents? High ground. Soon there's the art of war, baby. If you want to win, you take the high ground. And I'm on the hill. I believe I'm right. Like I said, hope I'm wrong. I don't think I am. And I think you guys know I'm right, too. So. It's turning into Hamburger Hill, Cody. Oh, God. Like, that's what's oh, happening. It's turning into Hamburger Hill, man. Just... Like, I feel like I'm getting massacred on it. Trying to climb yeah, it. Everybody is just dying. <laughs> trying to up take there. it. Even yeah, look, we're, exactly. we're eating. Even Cam Newton died on the hill. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Anybody <laughs> trying to take that hill is dying right now. No one. No one lives at the end of this. It's like no one lives. It is a. It is what we hope, Cody, is that you don't have a Pyrrhic victory. You want to pull out some old school war references. Pyrrhic victory. Uh, that's when you win what you get, but you don't get what you want. Um, all right, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Let's quickly make the picks. Panthers on the road in Green Bay. They're five-point dogs. You can bet it at mybookie.ag. Use promo code OVERTIME. Guys, um, did Panthers pull this out on the road? CK, you start. CK is the only – is yes. he still here? See What? This week you picked the Panthers? Yeah. Um, and I think we saw it. I think we saw a recipe for success uh, that the Chargers were able to deploy. Um, so I think you, you add that to the fact that our secondaries played very well. I'm not – I'm slightly concerned about Bradbury. Um, Was he got a groin but, issue? Uh, yeah, and they said they're that's the only concern they have is uh, is Bradbury's injury right now. So even Brandon if they, in the way they're about his play, the uh, what what they said the only uh, the only thing that I think that indicates that Bradbury may be out is that uh, Ron has been talking about he's confident in Cockerell filling in, which means that he's already considering that to be the possibility. Ugh. So um, we'll find out. Uh, but aside from that, if, if Bradbury's out, I think it could we could be in for a long day because that mixed with our lack of a run defense and the fact that Aaron Jones is very deadly out, out of the backfield catching the ball as well, um, it, it can make for a long day. But right now, because we saw the, the, the method to get the win, I think uh, the Panthers pull it out, not by much, but by three points, uh, I'm going to say 28-25. Y'all poo-pooed my desire to get Patrick Peterson from the Arizona Cardinals. Wouldn't be so bad right now, would it? Um, mm-hmm. we'll see. Hey, if we're going to trade <laughs> Cam Newton for freaking whatever. It's all hypothetical. I told okay. you I didn't want to do it. I'm just putting it out there in conversation. I was saying I really wanted this. All right, Greg, who you got in this game? Uh, I'm going to I'm with CK. I'm going with the Panthers, and what my reasoning is – Tony, you're not going to like this, but I know I bet you a 12-pack that the, the Packers weren't going to win their division. I still think they're not going to, and there's a reason for that. Go back and look at the stats. Aaron Rodgers had two really good games this year. Other than those two really good games, he's played about as good as Kyle Allen has all year. People are going to hate me for that, but go back and look at the stats. Who's winning He's played it, about as good as uh, the Panthers. No, who's winning the, Pan- the, 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 the NFC North if they Oh, uh, the, the Vikings. <laughs> 
They have an all-around. They have a way better roster. They have a way Dude, better I've roster been than the way Packers. Dude. On the Vikings train all year, and guess what? They're just gonna let you down. You're probably yep. right, but I gotta win that 12 pack right. from you. So, Cody, I'm gonna <laughs> steal your thunder here. Is I'm going against the. Packers. Oh, so you just know that you know what I'm gonna do? No, am I'm I, just trying to interject before you. Before you you're the star, dude. Down? You're the star. I had to wear this hat and grow this mustache to try to keep up with you. <laughs> um, I'm picking. Oh, the, I'm God. picking the Green Bay Packers on this one, and the reason being is this: is I think that uh, they're they're sobered by the cold weather of returning back to Green Bay, and they realize they let a easy opportunity slip through their hands with the Los Angeles Chargers. I do want the Panthers to win. Do I think it's impossible for them to win? No. But you know what? We haven't had a tremendous amount of success on the road in Green Bay in our past. True. Yeah, no, so we sure I'm haven't. Picking, I'm picking the Packers. I know I hate it. I rarely pick against the Panthers, but – it's a lot easier when we don't have my savior, Cam Newton. It, it, it is a lot easier. <laughs> and, and, yeah, Tony Dunn, you do know me a little bit too well because I am taking the Green Bay Packers in this matchup. I think that it's going to be a close match um, right up until halftime, but then Green Bay will make adjustments and we won't. <laughs> I've got 37-21 to 21 Green Bay. Oh, did Green Bay make way its, against uh, spread adjustments there. against the Chargers? Say that one more time. Did Green Bay make its adjustments against the Chargers? Uh, they sure didn't. And they didn't against the, the Lions either. They sh- they should have yeah. lost that game against the Lions. The refs didn't save them, so they, 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 sure they, they, they got Matt, just like they, Carolina. They've got a new head coach. They, you know, yeah. I think I think Aaron Rodgers runs that offense from the line of scrimmage. And that's bad for him when it comes to Luke Kuechly. Right. Exactly. I agree with you 100%, CK. We're on the same page. I like it. I like it. I hope that Cody and I are wrong. Are wrong. I want to be wrong, but I have a feeling Ron Rivera will vindicate what I've been saying about Do the Atlanta Falcons bounce back from the worst season in the history? Hell no. Against the Arizona Cardinals, a team that's getting better, it seems like. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals, I believe, are favorites. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, they, you can't I make this shit a... up, dude. Is Again, uh, who are they playing? It is. I the thought they played. I thought oh they no, the it's Tampa. It's Tampa. Excuse me. It's Tampa. It's okay. Arizona against Tampa. Tampa's four and a half point favorites. I could actually see the Cardinals winning this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm picking, uh, but I am going to pick Tampa Bay here because Mike Evans has been on. It's been really pretty damn good, and the Cardinals second. Well, no, they got Patrick Peterson back. Give me the Cardinals go. on the road. All right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I mm. think. Uh, I think. I think Tampa Bay's offense is starting to gel a little bit. Um, yeah, I'll say 27 and 20 points up. They just can't stop. They've been putting up like 40 points a game. Yeah. I'll put, uh, <clears throat> I'll say, uh, I'll say, uh, 32 27 Tampa Bay. CK? I, uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals here. Uh, Jameis Winston had a really good game last week. Uh, so we know that doesn't go week to week. So we're going to say he's going to have a really bad game this week against the Cardinals plus. The Cardinals, who uh, just played the 49ers and only lost by three points. We lost by over 30. I'm just saying it seems they're getting their stuff together. 
I think you got some good money on the Cardinals here. Four and a half point dogs uh, on the road and a team that's getting better and better each week. Greg, who you got? Uh, I got to go with Tampa Bay, man. You know, people say what you want to, but Tampa Bay is a good team that their best weapon is actually their worst enemy. Think about it. They put up 40-something points a game. Most games, I look at look at the TV, and they're 35, 40 points into it. If uh, And that's because Jameis Winston can throw the ball really well. But at the same time, for, the for, for every great touchdown Jameis Winston throws, he throws an interception. If he had not thrown the interceptions he's thrown this year, they'd be a 6-2, and 7-1 and one team right now. All right. Um, uh, is that everybody, everybody got their picks in for that? Yeah, for that one. Okay, and the last game of the division is a division rival. I think it could be a trap game. The New Orleans Saints are 14-point favorites or 14-and-a-half-point mm. favorites over the Atlanta Falcons. I keep wondering how the Atlanta Falcons can be so bad, but they are. You know what? Is I don't even know why I care. I'm so happy that the Atlanta Falcons suck. In fact, I don't even. I almost don't even want them to beat the Saints and help us in the division because I take so much solace in them sucking so bad. I'm picking the New Orleans Saints, but I hope I think they cover the spread is what I would pick. But what do you guys got? I think New Orleans uh, in in the Superdome. Who's gonna beat the shit out of a longtime rival? One of uh, <laughs> uh, a team that is just an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, I've got um, New Orleans. Uh, I'll say uh, 30, 32 to ten. I also want to point out: for every ten great touchdowns Jameis Winston throws, he throws seven interceptions. He's got exactly. and that's why they can't win. That's why they can't win his career. And if we find mm -hmm. his fumble record, which they don't even publish that probably, because it's about as bad as damn Kyle Allen's. Who wins this game? Who's got left to pick on this? I do. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> I'm going to go deep dive. I want to make a bold prediction. I'm going to say not only are the Saints going to win um, in the third quarter, they're going to be up by 28 points, and then Bridgewater's <laughs> going to come in. Um, and, and then, then beat them by win. 40 more. <laughs> yeah, they're going to, they're going to be, I think it's going to end up being a 50 burger. Um, I still think the Falcons battle back because they still do have Julio Jones and Matt Ryan without an offensive line, certainly. Um, so I'm going to say it's going to be 52 to 35. Mm. Okay. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, All right. Great. Yeah, me, I'm just going to make this clean sweep, man. Uh, New Orleans smashes Atlanta this weekend. It's going to be somewhere. Uh, they're going to cover the spread. In fact, I think they're going to beat the spread pretty good. Uh, I'm predicting probably a 21-point victory. Let's go with 42-21. to 21. All right. Uh, that is the C3 Panthers podcast. We've had a great show in the chat room. Fantastic support. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the show. Also, call into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. we got one last quick segment. Go. Ice up pick segment. Cody, you ready for an ice up? Um, No. Come back All to right. me. I have it in just a second. Who's got theirs? Me. No one? Me. me. Oh, go. I got mine. Go. All right. I'm going political with this one, which is very odd for me because I usually don't like to talk politics. But I just want to put it out there that me saying this does not um, – 
sway or I don't want anybody to think that I am for one side or the other based on what I say here because I'm not. Uh, but I'm icing up Joe Biden. Yeah. I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys saw this article the other Poor day, Uncle but Joe, Joe Biden had an, had a speech in Iowa where the entire speech he is facing the wrong direction. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Uncle Joe is uh, you have to so look up the article. Old. Oh yeah, he is facing the wrong direction. So the camera is looking at the back of his head the entire time, and C-SPAN continues to cut away from him to try to let him know, uh, look, man, if you're running for president of the United States, know what damn direction nope. the camera is you're supposed to be talking into. That does not bode well for you. Uh, so to Joe Biden, I say ice up, man. I wanted to kind of ice up. I don't want to ice up Trump because it's just like a weekly ice up, I feel. Did you see the... <laughs> that's Jimmy, that's low-hanging fruit, though, yeah, man. Did you see the Jimmy Kimmel clip where they mashed up the speeches between when we killed Osama bin Laden versus when we got this last dude, the baggy, 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 whatever his name is. And it was <laughs> like uh, Trump had a 48-minute speech about it. And he also said that nobody ever gives me any credit we came in through, they didn't go in through the front door, or you expect them to go in there. He, it was so ridiculous. My ice up pick, though, goes to these two cats that broke out of jail, Santos Francesca and Jonathan Salazar. I don't know which one is which, to be honest. Maybe I can figure that out. But cats got broke out of jail in uh, California in, like, a maximum security prison. Um... And uh, they were able to get out through some construction stuff and get out. But these dumbasses, or this guy, has a freaking face tattoo with a P. He's got a big P on his cheek. And if there's ever a time you regret a face tattoo, other than the day you got it and every day of your life, it's when you're on the run from the law and you've escaped prison and you're trying to hide. And you're like, hey... You're that dude with a P on his face. Call the po- Does that stand for police? Because I'm calling them. You, dude. Gosh. That's like a that's like a serial killer going to Ancestry.com, bro. Just stupid. I said. Yeah. That is pretty dumb. Um, am I the last one to, uh, yeah, to CK's go? CK's got one. No, if you, yeah. CK don't ever got ice nobody up. We got nice. to get gotta be you to start getting angry at society, CK. Why don't you Man, ice up uh, people it's... that pay their bills on time, CK? <laughs> How about that? Let's That's job a debt security. collector. You think I Let's should, job security. but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, job security. All right, so Cody, what uh, you got? So uh, this is uh, a little older now, but uh, this is, is something that happened. Before Drew Brees... Uh, came back, uh, there's an NFL uh, social media account called The Chat Down, and they created a parody letter for Drew Brees' comeback before it was supposed to happen. <laughs> well, apparently, Adam Schefter didn't realize this because he posted uh, that Drew Brees was coming back and the team had said, I'm back and all of this. He said what The Chat Down had mentioned verbatim and ran with that as an official story, even <laughs> though under the official Twitter account, it says, just to clarify, this is not an official statement from the team. And yet Adam Schefter uh, still put put that out. So um, 
it happens to the best of us. Yeah, I, I yeah. kind of feel bad for him almost. Um, but hey, it happens. But to Adam Schefter, uh, you're supposed to be one of the most Don't reliable bad for that. sources in the biz. Tips. It's true. Well, oh, I wasn't fine. That's to you, said. Adam Schefter. <laughs> yeah, I suck. <laughs> All right. You listen to like the Panthers podcast every Tuesday night. We talk about the Panthers for an unbearable amount of time. <laughs> Guys, uh, my name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, where can they get after you? At Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, next week, after we do the show, uh, there will be a brand new mock draft on drafttech.com with comments for the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. And um, that's about it. Just hit me up. Um, Greg, you got a great podcast. I listen to it all the time. Tell them where they can find you and talk about nerd stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Tony. Uh, you can find me at the Bad Daddy 52 on Twitter, and you can also talk to me through my other show, at SCS Podcast 1. It's the Super Civil Service Podcast. Hit me up. CK, I know that you've got the most ragingest Twitter account in the world. Oh, yeah. uh, in fact, I'm about to check it right now. Uh, well, you're big 100, me? right? So, so here's the thing. Today, I came into the show with 99 followers, right? Yes. I uh, while we were talking to the guys uh, over there, at first and uh, first and goal or whatever it was, I uh, I followed them on Twitter. They immediately <laughs> followed me back. I am officially over 100, boys. Yeah, there we go. Breaking that century mark. There we go. Give him the clap, Tony. At Codizzle Allen. At Codizzle Allen. Follow this guy. There you go. All right, follow him. Look, we're going to be at the game in a couple weeks. Um, Guys, let's get the hell out of here. Peace and love. Hey, keep pounding, everybody. Adios. Thanks to all the people in the chat room who unbearably hang out with us till the end. Thank you. You guys are better than we are. (laughs) You're so cool. Hey, what do you what do you think the odds are that Cam Newton just happens to come come by this? (laughs) (laughs) He watches every week, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know what? (laughs) I mean, he might be a little weirded out how much I'm into him. Yeah, like, well, but but let me ask you, like, wouldn't you think that that would be a really good pick me up? I think he probably listens to our podcast while he's on that uh, treadmill in the mornings. I think he should make me his own pol- what is that Peloton instructor? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the yeah. instructor. Go, Cam! I believe in you. Push it to why, the why end. You got, why right. you got a beer in your hand? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. All right, I'm done, guys. All right, gentlemen, y'all have a good night. Good night, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.